your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LOCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LOCK to 200-200. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. So that would be an L for today. L. Nine to noon. Not much else to say. P.A. There are many, many positives I can get out of this game. The game is over. And now for something completely different. And that's a fact. From Philly Folly to Georgia Jolly. Oh my God! Play back to center. Here comes Stahl. Stahl gets it back and Buddy scores! Stahl to ground with back for Stahl and Stahl gets his 40th goal of the year with 3.15 remaining in the hockey game and that ties it 1-1. into the offensive zone. Poivu fires wide. Nashville wins the hockey game 2-1. to one. L. And that would be an L for last night as the beat goes on. 9 to noon is here on Hump Day with some Wednesday wisdom from the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios when the beat goes on. Paul Allen, FM 100.3, the fan. Producer, Miko Nordo. What up? And the beat goes on, baby. Wisdom Wednesday. Wisdom Wednesday, 9 to noon style. Tile shop set list coming up very quickly. How excited is everybody for that? I am, I am, I am. What is it with these overtime losses for the Minnesota Wild? The squad is playing so well right now. It's so fun to watch. But it's weird when you gain points yet lose games. As is the case with the last two against the Brew. The Predators last evening. Tomorrow is Vox in the Box at XL Energy Center. We will start the show with Boudreaux. Any chance, Mr. Nordquist, you argue with head coach Bruce Boudreaux right out of the gate? I mean, part of your responsibility is A, securing said coach. Yes. That's a big spot. And then taking pictures, tweeting, and from a promotional standpoint, going kfan.com slash listen. 
Can I get a witness? Get all the hot quotes. However, there was a moment in overtime last evening, like overtime Sunday against the Brew Crew, the beloved Bees, where some rube was skating down the ice, Mm. and Matt Dumba went Mackenzie Alexander on it in blue coverage. So that would be an L for today? It's three straight overtime games where he's done that. Right. However, last night, what we thought was a game-winning goal was not a game-winning goal, even though our guy in single coverage was susceptible to the hockey version of the double move because some rube was offside. And then they went to Toronto, and it was like, yes, more overtime. Then we had more overtime. Then I became frustrated. So there's an opportunity if we choose, because people know if they are looking for snark appeal, controversy, negativity, and a confrontational approach to radio in talking head-like fashion, you find it 9 to noon. There are opportunities tomorrow with the head coach of the Minnesota Wild to get a little frontal and get a little nasty. Are you in or are you out? Because there is no in-between. I am out. You're out? I am out. We ask the hard-hitting questions. Okay, the hot seat with the bright light in a dark room shining down, sweat beads dripping from the forehead of the Minnesota Wild head coach. That's all in play tomorrow 9 to noon. But I am not, I don't feel, in a position or interested. What about off the mic? In putting the screws to the head coach. Uh, Although, at some point, somebody's got to ask him. Boudreaux's best is generally off the mic. Oh, yeah. As he's departing and he's... Savaging somebody within his covenant. Stream of consciousness. So badly, Hannibal Lecter is blushing. Yes. So maybe that, I mean, it's not like we have to have that to get on with our days. This is hashtag Faith Radio. We like the Pollyanna Allen approach to the local sports scene. Um, I am not opposed to just saying Dumba in overtime the last few uh, rounds. Your thoughts. And just let him do it. Yeah, Let him let him uh, candy coat it, sugar coat it, or go deep on one of his blue liners yeah. uh, on his own accord. And just let him stream that consciousness. Maybe it's off-mic free show. Right. Maybe it's on the mic at KFAN1003 quotables. Right. Uh, with some likes and some retweets and some oh my's. Cue the murmurs. Right. But I am... Uh, I'm not going to take Dumba deep to the coach and see if he agrees, uh, but it does it does beg to be asked. Number 24 having some struggles with some speed liners down the uh, down the stretch in OT. Dumba keeps losing guys in single coverage in overtime, oh. and guess what? I'm I'm bringing it up tomorrow with the head coach. Think I'm not? Yes. Watch me come right at it now. Nobody is safe. Nine to noon needs a working cell phone number for Miss Carly Peters. Because Sickman is in Montana. So we have to make sure this confab comes to fruition tomorrow. And I do not have a working cell phone number for Miss Carly Peters. I assume you do. Yes, we're good to go on that. We yes. will be in contact with Miss Carly Peters. And another route of attack to Vox in the Box tomorrow when we start the show with Boudreaux. Start, start the show with Boudreaux. Start the show with Boudreaux. I probably don't get something here. In fact, I'm willing to concede I absolutely don't. I don't understand why it takes so long for Jason Zucker to play in overtime. It's bugging the hell out of me. And I'm bringing it up today with Mick Tockett at 11.15, part of the tile shop set list. I mean, is he fast? 
Is he scrappy? Yes, yes. Is he good in open ice? Yes, yes. Does he score a bunch of goals? Yes, yes. But it's like you got to wait half the overtime before Zucker gets on the ice. So we got Dumba going Mackenzie Alexander, three consecutive games, and lack of overtime run for Jason Zucker. Welcome to Vox in the Box, courtesy of Brian Heating and Cooling, Paul Allen with Bruce Boudreaux. That's all tomorrow. Now, the squad is incredibly fun to watch. Nine to noon is very much into the Minnesota Wild, shift by shift by shift. Mm-hmm. This time of the season, many chips are in the center of the table. We're like watching everything critically. We punch back when hit. We come from behind and we come from ahead. Vox in the box tomorrow. Can't wait to chat out Minnesota Wild Hockey. Don't we all feel the team is playing quite well, approaching the most important time of the year? If you disagree with 9 to Noon, it is the Bradshaw and Bryant inbox. It is Booth at KFAN.com. Four points in three games against a couple of the best in the league. Can I get a witness? Amen. I mean, two points Saturday night against Nashville. We gave zero. Then we got one against Brew Crew. Then we got one last night where Stall Good had to score very late to register number 40 to even get us into overtime. Dramatic stuff like that is fat. Points in six straight. Big time clutch score in Eric Stahl. We got one of them. I think the goalies look fantastic. Can I get a witness? Now, our basketball team, the Wolves, need to take a cue from the Wild. You see, tonight should be correction night at Target Center. Off the awful Memphis loss, it would be super bad for business to lose to Ratty Atlanta and get swept by the Hawks. <laughs> This is actually, even for non-Wolves fans, this should be a compelling scenario for you to follow this evening shortly after 7 o'clock in Erotic City. Yeah. Because the Wolves just endured absolutely their worst loss of the season. It's unbelievably negative. Many are so down on the head coach. When Dumba let the Rube skate by him last night, they blamed it on Tibbs. I always love that one. And Atlanta's in town without its best player, Dennis Schroeder. And Kent Bazemore. And Kent Bazemore, maybe second best player. Players 1 and 1A, best players 1 and 1A dead. Not playing tonight. It's like it's like G League basketball at Target Center. However, we already lost once to Atlanta. So tonight should be correction night. Let's see what it looks like. It should be a gym full of fury and anger. If you don't like the if the players on the team don't like the coach, win to spite him. Please look fluid and confident tonight. Business as usual for a team that has won too many games this season to start crapping the proverbial bed. Can I get a witness on all of that? Amen. Bring joy to the fan base. We just want Wintersville to sound better in FM. The tile shop set list goes a little something like this. Twin season starts tomorrow. That is super cool. Squad is at B-more. Beloved AG, the techie, is in studio for three, starting next segment. We play the name game against Sauce at 10-15. Crowd loves the name game. Yours truly loves the name game, even though I lose every single week. Burke on the beach joins at 10-55. It's the Burke bit, but he's in Florida. But with some things that have developed... At the NFL owners meeting, Burke at the beach needed some run on the radio, so he's on at 10.55 today. Crowd loving him. And Mick Tockett chats Gophers Hockey and new coach Bob Motzko at 11.15. 
That's the Tile Shop set list, courtesy of tileshop.com. Nordo is the producer, and I'm Paul Allen. From the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios, 9 to noon is underway at FM 100.3 The Fan. Good morning. 9 to noon, P.A. PA. Your hockey team, the mm-hmm. Skatriots, and you are Bruce Belichick. We are like you. You're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> On the fan. Right now, you can enter to win a Bic Flex 5 Razor Pack and a $75 Target gift card. This razor has high-quality blades that flex to the contours of your skin for a smooth shave. Damn, that's sexy. Pick it up at Target or register to win at KFAN.com. Keyword contests. That was a sec- That might have been the sexiest vibe in the history of sexy vibes. Let's do it with that Bic. Flex 5 Razor Pack. Speaking of sex appeal. Gleeman. In studio. Great segue. AaronGleeman.com, at AaronGleeman via Twitter. <laughs> it's uh, time to unfurl this. Twins Techie. Our Twins Techie has returned. What's up, Pierre? With Major League Baseball season commencing tomorrow, he's also an author. Name of said book is? Uh, the Big 50, Minnesota Twins, available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, all kinds of places. Amazon.com. Wait. When I went to Amazon.com to buy 20, they said it was sold out. Yeah, it's back. They restocked it. Twice it sold out. Sweet. Which I'm assuming is largely thanks to uh, your lovely listeners. But yeah, it's back. It's in stock. If you order it now, you might get it by tomorrow. Uh, Twins in a minute. Okay. You won our mythical bet. Yeah, with what? Two games to spare? The Wolves cannot get to seven wins this month due to the loss. To Memphis. If ever there was, as Are you, you say, kidding me? a massive L. I mean, I'm away next week, so we won't see each other next week. But, I mean, it was a sniff-sniff moment yeah. where, through everything, through all of the predictions ever made in the history of 10-1 to 1 just for fun, D.A. and Scooby, or 9-0, to noon, I eyeballed March, said seven wins or more, and they're sitting there at four wins with Memphis at home, Atlanta at home, and at Dallas, which is a little bit of a grinder. It's a sneaky grinder because we ain't that great. We ain't bad, but we ain't that great. But it certainly was a winnable game. And then they crapped the proverbial bed at home against the Memphis Grizzlies. Are you freaking kidding me? I thought you were look, actually looking pretty good there. I thought I was a sin. They're, they're entering the sort of tank zone where all none of the teams are actively trying to win that you named. Include, I mean, Memphis is certainly not actively trying to win. Right. Uh, that was, and I, I watched the whole game, and I just, the whole vibe. Same. And I think they had the same vibe, too, and everyone there. The whole vibe was, well, at some point, we'll go on a run here, and, you know, we'll win by 12. I didn't have that vibe. I, I, maybe I I'm, never had that vibe. Maybe this is naive of me. Because and then J.B. Bickerstaff, your fourth favorite coach in the NBA, for whatever the reason, he's keeping Mark Gasol out of the game for I, the longest know, stretch of time. Yeah, I know the reason. What? They, they like that number one pick. Well, that's why I, I understand that. But then, you know, having, you know, some form of integrity for yes. at least trying to win a game, 
Selden's on fire. Now, Selden put up some W's at Kansas. Now, Wayne's had some moments this year where he can score a little sure. bit. So Selden's out and Gasol's out, and we still can't roll by. So then, JB, your fourth favorite coach in the NBA, is basically like, all right, I mean, we, we might as well try to win this. It's a road right. game. Let's have some professional pride. He put Selden and Gasol back in. You seriously would have thought he just inserted Reggie Miller and Wilt freaking Chamberlain. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was really, uh, and wasn't it? Wasn't the stat that it's their first road win of 2018? Yeah, since which, New Year's Eve against Sacramento. Yeah, I mean that's ridiculous. It's uh, it's embar- I mean it's embarrassing, and it, it's funny that like I had the text written the the, yeah. the text from from to overseas this weekend for you was going to be yeah. AG, you stick to VORP, I'll handle the association. Yeah, but now what? See you in a week and change. Now what? I can stick to whatever now. <laughs> Yeah, now uh, I gotta start betting you on football. See if I can take that over yeah, too. I'm the one wearing the mythical kimono. Yeah, I'm the one stuck in the basement like some L mashing on Cinnabons. The uh, but it's funny that like the reaction all season and in last season too is that because of Thibodeau's style and because he seems so angry all the time that whenever they screw up, whenever they lose, people go like, oh, he's not going to be happy about that. Mm-hmm. Well, no one's happy about it. Mm-hmm. At what point do you stop saying, well, well Thibodeau's not going to be happy about the defense? Mm-hmm. It's his job to, to fix it, to yeah. improve it. Yeah. I just don't get how that's still the, the, the rallying cry of, well, they made all these mistakes. He's not going to be happy about that. Yeah, do, do something about it. Like, right. it's, not, it's as if like he's some well, corporate overlord looking over like a factory floor, and they're like, oh, he's not going to be happy about what's going on AG, down there. AG, fans are really negative on the head coach. Yeah, I did, I did see uh, I, it has changed. I feel like he was always kind of 50-50 because people were pumped that he initially showed up because he was a big name. He has a ton of success in Chicago. And then year one, he got a little bit of leeway because it was such a young team and they were coming off such a horrible season. But the I think the lack of defensive improvement when that is your calling card, and I feel like people, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, I was willing to live with some of the negatives and the constant you know screaming yeah. that you can hear on FSN and you know rubbing people the wrong way, the overcoaching of every exactly. single play, and I think, every single play, and you live with that if you think well they're going to go from twenty eighth in defense yeah. to. to 10th, and then they're going to go to 5th, and then they're going to be a contender. Right. Except now we're in year two. All the negatives are still there. Yeah. I feel like some of the players maybe are a little bit fed up with stuff, too. Great. Not only that, with the playing time, you know, lack of bench minutes and all that stuff. Yeah. You see some of the starters even saying, like, yeah, we could use the bench playing a little more. Yeah. But then you look at their defense, and I think they're like 27th in the NBA in in defensive efficiency. Like, what if if that was his calling card? You look at and look, they're gonna they might still make the playoffs without Jimmy Butler, in which case it's not you can't exactly call for a guy's head or anything. And he's got such a contract and such control over the organization that that's not an option anyway. Right. I don't think but yeah, I absolutely understand the frustration. Now the A topic with this team uh-huh. not not to be a naysayer or like a doomsayer, you know, where I'm prognosticating a year in peace down the road. And I'm like saying this is going to happen. But the A topic with the team may be the fact Jimmy Butler gets so frustrated with the direction of said squad, he leaves after next season. It It is not a great feeling to say, well, they have three guys who could conceivably get huge mega contracts. And the one, who, the only one who does have the long-term contract is the one that... <laughs> might be number one ahead of, of Thibodeau as a target for fans' uh, yeah. criticism. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I try, as I watch this month, 
they're going to have a losing record, like you said, with our bet. I try to remember what it was like, let's say, 10 minutes before Butler hurt his knee. Yeah. And they were, you know, fourth or fifth spot, third spot at yeah. times. And we were talking about can they win the first game or the first series, and then who do they match up with best? And so I try to think back because it's not that long ago. And all the frustration that there is now, I try to kind of unfurl that and say, like, well, where were we standing before he hurt his knee? Yeah. Things were looking pretty good. There was stuff to criticize. There were frustrating parts, but yeah. they were still pretty damn good. And I think. Yeah, like the biggest criticism was Jimmy Ballhogs at the ends of games. Oh, by the way, we're winning those games. Right. And should this bench guy play 18 minutes instead of 14 minutes and stuff like, like yeah. those were the Those were the good old days. Like, right. that was. Were we ever so innocent to think those were such a big deal? Oh, and man. now it's like, yeah, you're talking about, well, this, will this guy get frustrated? And maybe it is frustrating, but I think they, they still. Look, you lose to Memphis. Anything's possible at that point. Any loss is possible. And you lose to Memphis lacking the Bulldog mental tenacity Butler has, where it's fair to look at Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, God bless them both, and wonder, are these, are those two part of Millennial Nation where they struggle when criticized and or pushed and they just don't have any punch back when the heat gets hot? I think, well... Couple things. One Crazy is millennials. one is they're playing millennials. Like there's millennials on the other teams too. So it's not as if you know they're the only millennials in the yeah, league. Yeah, but J- but Jamichael Green, Jarrell Martin, guys like that, they're millennials, but they don't. There are no expectations placed on them. Right. So they have to scrap and junkyard dog for every single sure. thing they get. That's true. Uh, but I also think a they need to clearly bounce back in a big way tonight. Because if you take that loss and I'm sure get a endless film session slash shouting session by yeah. by Thibodeau and Atl- I'm sure they've never heard that before. But Atlanta is every bit as tanky uh, as Memphis, basically. Right. Uh, if you don't come out tonight and put an 18 point win out, you deserve all the criticism in the world. And if they lose tonight, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Atlanta the- has one scorer, Dennis Schroeder, right? And he's not playing. He's tonight. out. Yeah. I mean, they're. This is a, a 18 win team as currently, you know, their roster. Yeah. But if they can get back on track and put the Memphis loss behind them as you laid out, they have 3 or 4 games here that they should win all in a row and you know, the Spurs are not looking very good. The it's still look, the, any notion of the 3rd seed, the 4th seed, the fifth, that's out the window. Yeah. But you can still get into the playoffs and I think at, at least at the Yeah, be- and get Houston, that'd be that'd be fresh. All right. How about what about if you get that 7th seed? And you get a banged-up Warrior squad without Steph Curry. I'll take it just in case. I would take that. Yeah, but see, Kevin Durant's probably coming back tomorrow night. I mean, don't they? They'll probably lose that series. Yeah, but I'd rather certainly rather play banged-up Warriors as the two-seven than play Houston as the one-eight. Do Do you, Nordo? Uh, quick assignment, uh, if you have time. Can you see what happened in Golden State, Indiana last night? With With the premise being, if we caught Golden State in the first round, okay, a seven-two. Right. And Golden State's like, no matter who we put out there, we are beating this team because Butler's going to be rusty and the Millennials can't take a punch. Woo. So, therefore, we are going to play Durant on limited minutes, play Draymond Green on limited minutes, and not play Steph and or Clay. Right. And then we're just going to unfurl everybody round two and make one big run. Uh, it felt very uh, Wolves-Memphis-like as Golden State had a two-point lead into the fourth, outscored by 13, lose by 11 to fit, the Pacers fit, at home. Fits perfectly. Yeah, Utah 
one one of the better teams in the NBA now. Yeah, Utah, I mean, their defense has been insane for the whole, basically since Gobert came back. Yeah, their scoring is better, too. Uh, the Spanish point guard never has played better in his career. They got this sneaky good player named Dante Exum, yep. who just returned, and he has fresh legs, and they're mixing him in. Utah is unbelievably sneaky in the postseason. So Utah goes to Golden State, is favored by like eight. At Golden State, I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay, everybody's out. Yeah. I get it, but still on the road, favored by eight, absolutely crushed them. Memphis last night was favored by seven at Golden State. Or Indiana, you're talking about. Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Indiana was at Golden State, uh, at Bay Area Funk, favored by seven, seven and a half, you know, against McCaw, JaVale McGee, yes. all, all the L's. And they they blasted them. Yeah. So what if we hook, what if we hook Golden State in the first round? And they go Durant and Green on limited minutes, like 18 to 23 a game. Don't play Clay, don't play Steph, but use that that playoff uh, that playoff equity. Would you prefer that? I mean, yes, Over I would Houston, take that. Houston, ten out of ten times. I mean, I, yeah, I don't. We've seen enough of Houston, not only overall, but specifically against the Wolves. Mm-hmm. That that there's a zero percent chance. I mean, there's a one percent chance that the Wolves could win a, a series. Against Houston right same, now, same. no matter if Butler's back or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, there's a 15 percent chance they will win one game. Yeah, I think that's there's a 35 percent chance they won't lose every game by seven or more. Yeah, I just feel like it's even if Butler comes back, that would help obviously, and is is himself. But you look at just sort of stylistically, yeah, how they play. They're outscoring the Wolves by like 50 points a game just on three pointers. Right. And I think they play better defense, Houston does, than, than people give them credit for. I mean, that's a legit team. Yeah, it's gotten better. I did not expect, I expected them to be good, obviously, adding Chris Paul, but I did not think they would be Warriors level of above. And I, I'm fully convinced that they are now. Uh, nine to noon has assembled not only some quirky, unique baseball related props for Aaron Gleeman to analyze. We are going to put the most comprehensive twin season preview on you when nine to noon continues. You're listening to P.A. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms. Bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that down. man. Here comes. On the fan. Forgiveness. Hey, do this, since you're already probably on KFAN.com's contest page. KFAN.com and the contest page. You can register there to win a four-pack of tickets to the Monster Energy AMA Supercross. It's a U.S. Bank Stadium Saturday, April 14th, just a couple of weeks away. For more info, just go to supercrosslive.com. Wisdom Wednesday. A precious angel since the day the child was born. It wasn't long before innocence was born. We're out of the Carly uh, Peters meat grinder. Sickman's back in town tonight. Oh, he is? Good. Spring break terrorism. 
So uh, Sickman will facilitate the head coach for Vox in the Box tomorrow. Uh, Tennebe uh, doing the program. So he's out, which means Finn's guy back in for the first hour. Russo Radio, 955. A couple of open segments I'll probably throw on you tonight at 6.30. Understandable. And Pronger with a ponytail, 11.15 for the Dallas Stars in town and the super special morning skate. Indeed. And the return of distraction factor-related food. Forgiveness for the Minnesota Wild off the OT losses. Let's pump it up for 15 seconds, then get back to the techie. Because it's about ready to get guitar savvy up in the biatch. Here we go. Twins Techie. Twin season starts Thursday. Are you excited? I am excited. Why? Uh, I think they, uh, you know, certainly have a very good team. Mm-hmm. I think they've had a good off season. They added pieces that they needed to add, and also a couple pieces like Logan Morrison and, and Lance Lynn that were kind of last minute luxury items. Okay, and that's not something Twins fans are used to. And I think uh, this also, I'm excited also to see if the second half runs by a lot of the young guys, especially yeah. in the lineup. Yeah, like Jorge. Pal- I mean, yeah, aside from Jorge, Kepler Pal- and- that was a little bit of a buzzkill. Yeah, uh, but yeah, my guy Byron Buxton. Yep. Uh, you know, Eddie Rosario was huge in the second half. You think Byron Buxton will be better than Willie Mays this year or within the next seven? <laughs> Do you mean like Willie Mays as an 80-year-old right now? Like if they found him in San Francisco and brought him out to play center field? Yeah. Willie Mays, that's a tough one. Maybe Willie Mays Hayes, he could be better than <laughs> immediately. Uh, I'm, I've been I've been trying to drive the, the, the Buxton bandwagon, obviously, even when uh, you know people were throwing tomatoes at it as it drove by because yeah. he, he has gotten off to some, some brutal starts in, in two seasons. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone saw the defense for the full season last year, is, in my opinion. Yeah. I've never seen a better center fielder uh, than Byron Buxton defensively. Everyone has seen the base running where he, he was only caught stealing one time all year. Yeah. And I think the hitting that we started to see in the second half, not only the power, but hitting balls into the gaps, hitting 320, drawing a few more walks. Uh, if he can come anywhere close to that over a full season, I think he's you know an MVP caliber player, and he's still only 24 years old. So that's the type of stuff. In addition to just it's a good team, but it's also a good team that I think has even more upside uh, than you know the standard projections and stuff would would show. With Byron Buxton scratching below the surface early in his career, one thing that really impressed me with him was how he handled curveballs. L. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. Uh, while he is certainly not the greatest at hitting curveballs, a big part of the Early second. in his career, it was unbelievable. Well, it was, yeah, it's bad. I mean, that's why a curveball is a dangerous pitch, is because yeah. it's it's much harder to hit than a fastball. Yeah, yeah Jose Altuve sees it the same way. Uh, I guarantee you Jose Altuve is worse on, on breaking balls than fastballs. Really? The, that, I mean, the, the whole point as a hitter is uh-huh. you want to force the pitcher to get behind in the count and have to throw you fastballs, mm-hmm. and then you murder fastballs. But a big part of Buxton's uh, second-half breakout last year Year, was going for horrendous against curveballs and off-speed pitches yeah. to just you know pretty decent against them, and then he murders fastballs, yeah. and the end result is a you know Gold Glove caliber winning center fielder and a guy who is not a negative offensively. R is the Orioles good? We started Baltimore. No, they are. They have a ton of home run hitters. Uh, Matty Machado. They being, got Chris Davis. Didn't want Chris Davis is one of them. Adam Jones. Mark Trumbo, guys like that. They still got Adam Jones. They still, his thing yeah, is his man. last year in center He played field. with Ken Singleton and Eddie Murray. He's been there so long. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but their pitching staff is horrible. 
And I think if the Twins' new rotation additions, including opening day starter Jake Odorizzi, can do their thing in this series, there's an opportunity for the Twins' lineup to get off to a really good start against Baltimore's pitching. Because Baltimore, I think, projected at baseball prospectus, our Pocota projections, as the worst pitching staff in the American League. So the Twins can do some damage. Current or former Baltimore Orioles pitchers? 3-2 base. Uh, Tippy Martinez. Uh, Mike Boddicker. Jim Palmer. Mike Flanagan. Uh, Greg Olson. Scott McGregor. Uh, Scott Erickson. Denny Martinez. Uh, Armando Benitez. Don Stanhouse. Uh, Jesse Orozco. Um... Oh, you said current? Willie Mays. Why, why am I not? Oh, you lost. Yeah, I lost. Why am I, I like that you said current, and I'm thinking like current or former. Yeah, I could have done the yeah. coke. I don't know why. I did. Uh, Pat Dobson. They, uh, yes, they could. Rand use, McNally. They could use some of those guys mm-hmm. uh, because you know we're Michael we're, Rand. We're yeah, they could use Michael Rand from the Star yep. Tribune as a in a short relief role. Michael Rand or Rand McNally. Your thoughts? Uh, I've met Michael Rand. I've never met Rand McNally. I'm a Michael Rand fan, but uh, yeah. AG in studio. He's the 9 to noon Twins techie. Twins baseball season begins tomorrow, which means those of us uh, who are those of us appreciating sports related diversions uh, because we like speculating, eating, and reading in our sinkholes, and we are all in the same fishbowl, but we are just living under different rocks. This means we have high level sporting activity pretty much every day all the way up to the National Football League season. Crowd loving it. Uh, Jake Odorizzi goes for us tomorrow. What kind of pitcher is Jake Odorizzi? Jake Odorizzi is, was formerly a top prospect with the Royals, got sent over uh, to the Rays, and I think the big thing with him, he has a strange style that produces what are called reverse splits, which is that he's a right-handed pitcher. Like Hideo Nomo? Uh, no, very much the opposite of Hideo Nomo. Okay. Uh, he's right-handed. Most right-handed pitchers are really good against right-handed hitters yeah. and sometimes struggle against left-handed hitters. He's the opposite. Really? Because he is all high fastballs and low splitters and change-ups, wow. which do a good job against lefties. He struggles a little against righties. He also had a back problem last year, gave up too many home runs, but they think they kind of bought low on him from Tampa Bay. Yeah. Didn't give up much to get him. And I think he can be, you know, 180 innings, give him a high three, low four ERA. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of what they're looking at for a bunch of guys in the rotation. Odorizzi, Lance Lynn, maybe even Kyle Gibson, although I've never really right. been a believer in Kyle Gibson. Oh, really? You must not have seen his most recent start at uh, at Rochester when he went <laughs> lights out. Yes, there's always a most recent start with Kyle Gibson to get you excited. Uh, if you don't look at the career numbers, you're yeah. good. But I think the, the biggest thing is that the, tw- the difference, I think, even without Irvin Santana to begin the season, is that the Twins don't have any horrible starters in the rotation. Right. And even the next up guys at AAA are pretty good prospects, whereas I think over the last six, seven years, the third starter, the fourth starter, the fifth starter, we're kind of borderline major leaguers. Okay. And then you get into that sixth, seventh, eighth guys calling up from the minors, yeah. and they just have no business in the majors, and it what all happened to unravels. Adam, what happened to Mejia? Mejia was a victim of what we're just talking about, which is, they added Odorizzi. They added Lance Lynn. Yeah. It pushed Mejia out of the rotation, so he goes to AAA, okay. and he would be next man up, sort of your sixth starter if they yeah. need one. So Hughes is cashing fat checks sitting on the bench. Hughes was scheduled to be the fifth starter, kind of a long reliever mop-up role. Yeah. Came down with, I think they officially called it an, a strained oblique muscle at the end of spring training. Wow. So he starts, What an injury L the, he has been. Starts the year on the DL. Uh, they're 
potentially going to need him at some point, but I think it that opened the door for them to keep a guy named Gabriel Moya, yep. who's a lefty that they picked up in a trade last year who I think has some potential. The relief pitcher. Uh, yep, a reliever. And to keep the Rule 5 pick named Tyler Kinley, yep. who's a 98-mile-an-hour, you know, hard-throwing, if he control, but it allows them to keep both by putting Hughes on the DL. Okay, dumbest question you'll get all day. Okay. I, I didn't research the potential of what the answer is. Why, why isn't Jose Barrios our guy tomorrow? Uh, why aren't we starting the season with our best pitcher? They set it up so that he's going to pitch because they're playing a series against, I think, Pittsburgh. Cleveland. Is we, it? We go Baltimore, then at Pittsburgh. Right, but they're playing in Puerto Rico, oh. a series coming up, and Barrios is from Puerto Rico, and oh. they want him to pitch there. Got There's it. also the issue of it's one thing to start opening day on the yep. road, but they also try to line things up to start the home opener. They want it to be a good pitcher. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I know people, and I'm guilty of this too at times, get wrapped up in who's the number one starter, who's the number two starter, who, if you stay in the rotation all year, you're going to start 33 games. That it doesn't it doesn't really matter. There's going to be all kinds of off days and jumping around. And right. yeah, I think Barrio certainly is their guy not only this year yeah. but long term. That's going to lead the rotation. But it doesn't matter if he starts the first game, the third game, whatever. I um I wasn't super familiar with Lance Lynn until we signed him. Yeah, and then I'm just like looking at box scores and reading stories and everything. But um, somewhere online two days ago, I saw a picture of him. Why why don't people go after Lance Land yes. and his girth? Yeah. Why is it in vogue with Miguel Sano? But like like Lance Land, I mean, this is a big man. Yeah, he and I would say the the way people describe Sano's weight yeah. is how Lance Lynn actually looks. Right. Which is, you know, you got a little gut hanging over the belt, you right. got a little this, little that. Very Wilbur Wood ish. Yes. Whereas Sano, you know, he's he could lose some weight, but he's not, you know. Looking like quite like that, but I think ultimately, if you play well, no one cares how much you weigh. Yep. And Lance Lynn has mostly played pretty well. I think there are probably some other reasons that if you start digging into, you might you know be uncomfortable with some of the answers there. But yeah, I think I mean we saw Bartolo Colon last year. Yeah. Everyone was acting like he was the greatest novelty act of all time. People were they were making yeah. T-shirts of him. Yeah. They're having nights devoted to him, and he was you it know was disease. He's obese yeah. and not even playing all that well. And that's coming from someone who was obese. So Stop. like. I think, yeah, why does Sano get crap for things that other players don't right. is, I think, an interesting question. Twins Techie in studio, 9 to noon. At, if you want Joe Maurer to play for this team next year, 2019, 9 to noon is convinced it absolutely has the root of attack for Joe to play here next year. We'll share it next. You're listening to PA. Happy for the relationships and experiences, along with the joys of meeting superstars like PA, you know, uh, K-Fan. On the Fan. Nine to noon. P.A. Today, people going like woo woo. People driving to work, avoiding L's, going woo woo. Do you want Joe Maurer to be on the Twins in 2019? 
Well, that's an interesting question. I, I think if he plays like he did last year, mm-hmm. there's no reason for them not to at least say, you want a one-year deal here for $6 million, $8 million, the Logan Morrison type of contract? There you go. Uh, if he hits you know, 290, he gets on base, he plays good defense, he stays healthy, mm-hmm. that's a good, solid first baseman. And I think they, they have Morrison a team option on him to bring him back as the DH potentially. You're also at some point going to decide, is Sano a third baseman? Is he a first baseman? Is he a DH? So Morrison and Maurer are timeshare terrorism this year? Yeah, between first and and DH probably. I mean, I think you'll see Maurer obviously more at first base because he's really good there defensively. But I would say one or two times a week you'll see him at DH and Morrison at at first base. Uh, You know, that's a good setup, and they could bring that back next year. Depends what position Sano's playing, and they also have a really good uh, prospect named Brent Rooker, who's either going to be left field or first base. So if he has a great year at Double A, Triple A, he's into the mix next year too. But yeah, Maurer coming back on a one-year deal, I think, is very much in the mix. I'd bet money they want JoJo back, and the key is completely up to Joe, right? And you laid it out beautifully. And um, FIPA Fairness and President Act. I am gravy training President Dave St. Peter's take shared 9 to noon yesterday, and I'm just like adding to it a little bit, you know, because it's not like it's an epiphany, but it's paraphrasing, it's up to Joe. I mean, if after scooping 23 large for X amount of years, you know, the 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 money has been made. So with this team, I feel clearly heading in the right direction, and I'm on the jock of the, of the new regime, by the way. Levine and Falvey, Falvey and Levine. Yeah, absolutely love uh, the maneuvers they're making and the and the analytical fortitude they are bringing to something that otherwise may have been a little destitute in that uh, in that department. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I know we talked about this type of stuff at the end of the Terry Ryan. And I era. think they're cool. They they're certain Thad Levine especially is certainly a much better quote than Terry Ryan, which is someone who likes that sort of thing. He's a much better interview than Terry Ryan, as yeah. you've learned. Uh, that's a nice uh, bonus for that, but yeah, it is. It's it's nice yeah. to have a front office that is a little bit aggressive. Yeah, thinking outside the box a little bit can yeah. push the payroll a little bit. Yeah, which Terry Ryan almost took pride in not wanting to do that. Uh, so but yeah, I'm feeling like we're winning. We're winning deals. Like I yes. absolutely feel like we won the Odorizzi deal. Yeah, the I see Alex Cobb get all that money from from your your squad, the O's. Yeah, and then I'm like one year, twelve million for Lance Lynn. I feel like we won that situation. Yeah, you know? I agree. With, I mean, I think people wanted, and the Twins wanted, you Darvish. They made him an offer over $100 million. Mm. Whether or not they finished second or fourth or whatever in the mix, in like actually bidding for him, yeah. who knows? But then they turned around and took that 20 or $25 million per year that they would have given to Darvish. They gave 12 to Lance Lynn. They yeah. gave six and a half to Morrison. Yeah. They gave six and change to Odorizzi in a trade. You get three pretty good pieces on a twenty-five man roster, and the thing I like is that all like I think they picked up seven different major league guys this offseason. None of them are around on more than a one or two year deal. Yeah, and so like the Addison Reed bit. Yes. I mean, we won. I mean, that's a cool right. bit. And I love that. I mean, as we talked about, Phil Hughes is still around, making thirteen million this year, thirteen million next year, yeah. because they overextended him the previous yeah. regime. Yeah. He had the one good season, and they said, "Let's add three years to your contract." Negative. There's a a really good feeling to have not only good players that they picked up, but to keep payroll flexibility because yeah. they're never going to have you know a top 10 payroll. They're in the, I think, 18 to 20 range, which is okay. fine. That's, That's fine with me yeah. for a Minnesota team. But to keep flexibility, and like you said, Maurer comes off the books. 
you know, all these guys on one-year deals, they're going to go into next offseason, A, yeah. with a good young core still, and B, with all kinds of flexibility and roster spots and money to spend. JoJo, 1-5 and five next year. 1-5. and five. Yeah, I mean, I think one somewhere... 1-5 be cool, man. Somewhere between 4 and $8 million yeah. on a one-year deal with maybe a mutual option for the second year. Yeah. He doesn't... If he has a good year... Well, JoJo doesn't want to leave. Well, that... See, that I... Completely I mean, I'm trying it. to eyeball and like and like you know be the D word here. You don't want to leave, and you don't want to relocate and leave yes. everything you've had forever here. Now we're not trying to like uber lowball you. One and eight ain't gonna work. One and four is what we want. Let's go one and five. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely. I mean, he's gonna say, and if they ever get quotes from his agent or whatever, are gonna say we'll keep our options open. They don't want to say it's the twins or bust for us. Yeah, but I he he doesn't want to go to. Some, you know, middle of the road, I was going to say Yankees or Boston, but they don't need a decent but not great first baseman anyway. Yeah. He doesn't want to go sign with the Royals or something like that because he's not going to get a big contract from them either at this point. Yeah. I mean, a 35-year-old okay first baseman doesn't get a huge deal. Yeah. I think they say to him, look, we want you to retire as a twin. Mm-hmm. We'll keep signing you to these one-year deals as long as you re- remain healthy and productive. And if he is, he makes sense. I mean, they need his on-base skills and his defense at first base he was, I think, one of their five most valuable players last year. So from both sides, I think it makes sense. Aaron Gleeman is editor-in-chief of Glitzy Baseball Prospectus, the preeminent baseball website and Twitter site. Uh, via Twitter, it is at Baseball Pro. Editor-in-chief is our Twins Techie, joins in studio weekly. Uh, where does Brian Dozier rank as best second baseman in Major League Baseball? Oh, uh, Well, you got Altuve. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm trying to think. Robinson Cano, though he's getting a little bit old. He's top three, isn't he? Yeah, I, th- I mean Dozier is definitely top five. Yep. Um, the question with him always is the streakiness. Can he put together two halves that are good? Yep. Because uh, you know, couple couple different years in recently, he's been struggling in the first half. Had a great second half. Defense of the Gold Glove variety, though. Yeah, it's funny that he won. You don't you don't see many guys win their first Gold Glove at age thirty. Yeah. And the the defensive numbers haven't always agreed with the notion that he's a great defender, but I think he's a solid defender, and he certainly adds power at a position that you don't normally see, 30, 40 homer power. That's the, uh, even more so, I know people are more obsessed with Maurer in general, so that's a talker, but Dozier's also an impending free agent, and there's not going to be a scenario where they say to him, do you want to come back on a one-year deal? Because he'll say, no, I'll take my chances. But that's that's also intriguing, because I think because he's 31, and because he was sort of a late bloomer, yep. it's hard to say, well, a player who's performed like him might get a four- or five-year deal, $80 million, $100 million. Yeah. But do you re- as we just talked about payroll flexibility and keeping deals to one or two years, do you really want to extend yourself that much into the mid-30s of Brian Dozier? And I think that's a tricky call for the Twins, particularly because Polanco, if he comes back and plays well, may end up at second base long-term. Yeah. Instead of shortstop, they have Nick Gordon, who's at AAA, one of their better prospects, and then Royce Lewis, couple years down the road is going to be probably at second base or shortstop. AG, AG is an elite baseball mind. Uh, do you think Fernando Rodney will be one of those closers who gets into and out of trouble? Yes. If people, Whatever reputation Eddie Guardado had as having to wriggle out of jams constantly, that was, that was nothing compared to what you'll see from Fernando Rodney. Really? The difference with Rodney is Eddie got into jams because he threw strikes and he gave up a lot of singles and he'd have runners on second and third, and he'd have to get a pop-up to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Rodney gets in the jams because he walks guys, but he's able to wriggle out of it more often than not because he still 
has a mid-90s fastball and one of the better change-ups of the past like, 20 years in baseball. And so he'll get guys on second and third bases loaded, and he'll just get back-to-back strikeouts to get out of it. But that's one of the big keys. But you talked earlier about Addison Reed being a good pickup, and I think one reason is he's just a good pitcher in a setup role, but the other reason is he's got closing experience. Certainly if Rodney gets hurt or just gets old in a hurry or just struggles, they're they're not committed to Rodney long term. It's a one year cheap deal. They can push him aside. You elevate Addison Reed to the closer role, and by that point, you hope let's say Trevor Hildenberger is able to assume that setup role, and you have some other arms in there that we've talked about earlier in the bullpen. But yeah, I think they're hoping Rodney can at least put together a good first half, while a lot of the younger minor league bullpen arms kind of percolate and rise up to the majors, and then they can assess the hierarchy of the bullpen at that point. The consensus is Cleveland should be and is prohibitively favored to win our division. Then you get Kansas City, as you've mentioned before, really struggling right now. White Sox on the come. It's getting better, but still will be a non-playoff season. Guardy's bunch has a couple of veterans who know how to mash, but overall, that looks to be a middle-of-the-road bid. Isn't that fair to put it that way? Yeah, and I think that there's a chance that those three bad teams in the American League Central are yeah. the three worst teams in the American League. Okay. In which case, Cleveland and the Twins can both pad their win total a little bit. Yeah. So whichever one of those two teams doesn't take the division mm-hmm. might get an extra win or two in the wildcard race, which should help. I'm not mad at Cleveland being the prohibitive favorite in this division. In reading the Sports Illustrated Major League Baseball preview bit, which I thoroughly enjoy, you would think Cleveland was the 27 Yankees. I mean, it's it's not World Series winning 27 Yankees. Division is an absolute foregone conclusion, according to SI. Is it an absolute foregone conclusion, according to you? No, I think they are definitely, like you said, there's a reason that they're the prohibitive favorites. They won 102 last year. They're returning basically everyone. They have tons of star power with Kluber and Lindor and yeah. Ramirez and Encarnacion. Just great Carlos Carrasco is a good pitcher. Carlos Car- and Andrew Miller. We didn't even talk about all the bullpen. I mean, their star power is incredible, and they're yeah. all... Pretty much peak age. Is Mike is Michael Brantley back? Is he playing? That's a big key for them because he was great three years ago. Last couple years, been in and out of the lineup with injuries. Yeah. They're hoping he's he's healthier, but they don't really know what they're going to get from him right. as a corner outfield. That would make their lineup even scarier. Right. I think they're a legit ninety five plus ninety five to one hundred win team again. Yeah, I mean they're they're just they're legit, and it's a little bit of bad luck for the Twins that the Twins are rising up at a time that there is such a powerful, relatively young team in the division. But I think the hope is that the, over the next three or four years, the Twins will continue to rise, yeah. and the Indians will kind of plateau and maybe decline a little bit as Kluber gets older or whatever. But is it impossible for the Twins to win? The, no. I mean, if the Twins, you got, you're not going to win the division. Let's put it this way. You're not going to win the division like the old Guardy days with 88 wins yeah. or even 92 wins. That's not going to happen. But if you can get to 93, 94 wins, and Cleveland has a few injuries, it's yeah. doable. I just think the what's truly in your sights should be the wild card again. And the goal, obviously, after losing at Yankee Stadium this time around, is get that first wild card and host that wild card game at Target Field, and maybe that changes the, the vibe completely. AG, I forgot to research this. Who um who's that shiny new toy for the Anaheimers? Oh, uh, Shohei Otani. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I saw something online the other day, and I, I didn't feel like mashing on it from the sinkhole, but reading the headline and, like, the subhead, I, is there a decision to be made with him between, like, full-time pitcher and hitter? Or, I mean, is he potentially going to be a DH on days he's not pitching? He might. In in Japan, he was a DH, and oh my he hit God. 20-something home runs. It sounds like initially he'll be just a pitcher. Okay. And the problem that 
Anaheim has in making him a potentially a DH is they're paying Albert Pujols like thirty million a year for five more years mm. to be a broken down version of himself at DH or first base, Ooh. and so it's a little tricky there. But yeah, I mean. They first, I think, want because he's only twenty three. Yeah. So even if he's just a great twenty three year old pitcher, he's no sure thing to hit the ground running. They want to make sure that he can get settled and get established as a top of the rotation starter. Yeah. But yeah, I do think there's a pretty good chance if he does well as a pitcher and he stays healthy, he'll get 150, 250 at bats, something wow. like that spread over you know one or two starts a week. Let's say his curveball is unbelievable, right? He he struggled a little bit in spring, but yeah, big time fastball. Six different pitches that he throws. Wow. Uh, he's going to get a ton of strikeouts. But I, I think the thing people are overlooking is as great as he is and as big as his potential is long term, he's 23. Yeah. I mean, we saw it when Jose Barrios got called up two years ago when he was 22, I think. It's like no matter what kind of stuff you have and how much you dominated in the minors, mm-hmm. you come up and you're a 22-year-old and you're facing these major league lineups, you could run into some trouble. So I think it's it's better to treat him as a really good prospect yeah. at 23 than sort of a established jump right in there and be an all-star type of guy. Sauce just walked in the side studio for the name game in 10 minutes, uh, which triggered my memory on this. He told, he told me this 10, 15 minutes ago. I didn't know it. Circle me, Bert's dead. Yeah, I just saw that yesterday. What? Uh, FSA. Yeah, they said they're doing uh, something different that is kind of similar, but not exclusive to Bly Levin. Which I think here's my design me dick. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, but here, this is I don't know have any inside information on this, but reading between the lines, Bly Levin is doing fewer and fewer games. Yeah, um, and they're mixing in more recently retired players. Oh. So I think maybe they thought... Well, Tickle me, Tori. If, but if Bly Levin's only doing half the schedule, yeah. the other half, and you got people holding up signs that say Burt, and it's yeah. Roy Smalley in the booth, right. and what are you even doing? Let's do something that can kind of right. incorporate the whole mix. I know people will get very worked up about this, but honestly, I mean, we both watch a lot of Twins games on TV. Yeah, I couldn't care less. Who, I mean, who cares? I know, but I just the reason I brought it up, A, saw said it. Uh, B, I didn't know it was a thing. Oh, people, believe me, Twitter's C, arguing about in it. in a habit state, circle yes. me bird well, in true. a habit state is like, it's like skull chant-esque. That is 100% true, which is if that is any fan base that's going to get annoyed by just the yeah. removal of something that's just only good because it's been around a long Millie time. Millie from Malacca yes. goes to one game. Right. And she'll bring the super special yeah. circle me Burt bid when Latroy Hawkins is in the booth. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, circle me Latroy. You can still bring a sign. You can yeah. still put it this way. You can still annoy everyone in your section by holding up a sign uh-huh. for half the game. It just maybe shouldn't say Burt on it. All right, I got two and a half, three minutes. Let's fly through these. Um, some Major League Baseball props. Okay, most home runs. Aaron Judge is plus four hundred and favored, so he's four to one. Yeah. Uh, do you do you what do you think of that? I think his teammate. Giancarlo Stan might get that most home runs. Right. Uh, I think Judge, there's a chance that what we saw last year, as great as he was, was kind of the peak of what he's going to be. Yeah. Whereas Stanton, I think if he stays healthy for 150 games in that ballpark, mm-hmm. in that lineup, I think he could hit you know 50-plus homers. Will a player hit four home runs in a game? The no is minus 600. The yes plus 400. So just quick, quick yeah. disclaimer explanation. If it's minus whatever, that means you have to put up that number to win 100. So will a player hit four home runs in a game? No is minus 600. Uh, the yes is plus 400. Right. So if you bet 100 bucks and they do it, you get 400 bucks. You scoop 500. That's not bad because I think there's never been more home runs hit than there was last year in the okay. history of Major League Baseball. Which one would you bet? 
I think for four to one, that's not bad. Okay. It, and also, it gives you something to sort of sweat the whole season. Yeah, which I like that because you never. It could happen on any random night. Here's another season long sweat. Okay. Uh, players, the players hitting for the cycle. Yeah. Total cycles hit in the regular season. Okay. Over under three and a half. Oh, way under. Way under. Way, way, what's the? Yeah, way way. There, there's fewer cycles than no hitters. <laughs> In baseball history. Okay. Uh, it's a very random occurrence, but yeah, oh, way under. I would say one and a half might be a decent over. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 even money, too. It's like okay. 110 each way. Uh, longest losing streak of the season. For a team to go on the longest losing streak of the season, what would you make the number? Uh, Boy, like 12 games? It's 11 and a half. Well done. It's not bad. Uh, the, the over is minus 140. The under is plus 130. I would take the over, and if you can get some sort of parlay action on the Miami Marlins <laughs> as the team, I would take yeah. that. Will any team win 100 games? Yes or no? Yes. I think this is one of the more lopsided years in terms of the division favorites. Astros, Indians, Dodgers. Okay. All could win 100. Yes is minus 220. Yeah. No is plus 190. I would definitely bet yes. Will any team lose 100 games? Yes or no? That's trickier. I would say yes, but I would need a little bit better odds on that. Yes is minus 165. Okay. No is, is the underdog plus 145. Total regular season no hitters. Okay. What would you make the number? I would say one and a half again, maybe. It's three and a half. Yeah, see that's those. The unders minus one fifty. The overs plus one thirty. These are too high for the cycles and the and the no hitters. I think. Right. So you just mash the under. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but it's your one fifty to win. Sauce is one. Yeah. That's, but if you bet I mean, a lot of one fifty, sauce gives you a lot of ones. That's true. Most regular season wins by a pitcher. Okay. The number nineteen and a half. See, I would take the under on that. Not really? because pitchers are worse. The unders plus one seventy. It's but, a fat plus number. But because. Fewer starters are being asked to throw 220 innings. They go five or six innings, and they, they flee for the bullpen, so it's harder to rack up wins. I think yep. 16, 17, 18 is more realistic. Uh, tell your mother um, I love her, okay. and I say hello, Judy. Okay. Uh, tell your beloved BJ uh, that um, to have a nice weekend okay. and bless her. And um, if I haven't told you lately, because I won't see you for two weeks, uh, not only are you a gentleman and a scholar, you're a connoisseur of Manischewitz, uh-huh. and I love you. See ya. Aaron Gleeman. Uh, name game with Sauce next. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BANK to 200-200. You're listening to PA. It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. On the Fan. Programming on the fan brought to you in part by Papa John's. If the Wolves are victorious tonight, you get half off large and extra large pizzas tomorrow with the code WolvesWin at PapaJohns.com. They sat in an abandoned luncheonette, sipping imaginary cola. Faces in the tabletop dust. His voice was rusty from years as a sergeant. And this man, Sauce, he was old and crusty. Sneak peek at fresh meat. She was 20 when the diner was a baby. What's the Friday plan? My Friday? Yeah. 
Well, you strong-armed your way into the 9 to Noon production. Uh, when, uh, just FYI, when you guys called me, I would not have gone on the air had I been in person. What do you mean? I'd had a couple of adult beverages. Oh, last Friday oh, when you were in Vegas. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. When you conceded that you lied on Twitter. I did? Yeah. Yeah, I you did. I don't remember last Friday. Well, no, you said because <laughs> Nordo and I, we were sending you picks. Yeah. And if you look back... I parlayed through, them. That's why but, I lost. Well, that's the L. If you look back through the texts, I mean, we're not claiming to be Elite 702 Minds, but we took this bad boy seriously for you. I mean, when I sat down, middle of the afternoon in the sinkhole, and handicapped that Loyola-Nevada game, Sauce, I spent 25 minutes reading stuff, looking at defensive averages, three-pointers made, rebounding... I mean, I spent so much time on that for you. I drunkenly bet Nevada. And, and then I text you, <laughs> you got to mash Loyola, okay? And if you need the reasons, call me. But I just spent 25 minutes of my life, I'm never going to get back, to try to help you get back. And you're like, I bet Nevada. <laughs> and then didn't respond to the rest of my text. I was hammered. And Loyola won. Yeah, I mean, did. you got Thibodeau over there giving you Florida State. Which I bet. Okay. Yeah. Well, see, you were claiming you were claiming on Twitter that you were like 0-12. I was, because I bet Florida State for him. Okay. Well, I mean, it. it a lot of Shocking. it... Shocking. Neither of them have paid me back. Well, what I'm asking you... Yeah, but I didn't lose. No, I don't I have know. to no, pay No, your you. brother. Right. David does. Yeah. No, there are L's in your life. <laughs> yeah. Now... When I say what's the plan Friday, is there will be occasional emotional sauce evenings where you're either up, down, middle, emphasis on middle or down. Yeah. And you'll text me. Yeah. And it'll be like you're just looking to talk to somebody. I'm looking for attention. You're looking for attention, looking to talk. So then I'll like tag you in tweets. So you, like I did last night, some L took a shot at you. And I'm like, sauce is the funniest guy at the fan. And it started a little thread, cutest ever. Um, but. You you were like, draft talk this week? Well, okay, Friday. I got no charts this week. He, he's with his daughter on spring break. So I have nine to fill. I'll yeah. have Florio. Still going to be a football feast. Yes. I'll probably have uh, Wabi come in studio for a hot tick. So then you're like, any time for draft talk this week? Sure. Two segments on Friday. What do you got? I mean, are you going to show up with one 90-second opinion on Billy Price and then all of a sudden we got two and three quarter segments left and you got nothing. No, I'll have plenty for Friday. <laughs> well, why are you taking shots at I'm me? not taking shots at you. It's That's just a... I, we've done this for years oh where you want to be part of the draft mix and I put you in weekly. Yeah. Okay, because I Is love habit you. talking? No, no. Okay, your surrogate little brother here. So I want to help. Professionally, you need no help. You're elite. You fit in the power trip beautifully. And you do care about the draft. And Saturdays with Sauce, I can tell you deep draw, you deep dive the draft a little bit. There's just been some times where you've strong armed your way into nine to noon, and I got two segments to talk about the draft, trying to take a little work off me and the producer, and like have you guide the Great Ship Love Covenant. Sure. And then it'll be like Isaiah Wynn does this for ninety seconds. Swedberg was right. Well, that's all I got. Really, we have a segment and a half left. That's all you got. So, Friday when you come in, please devise a plan. Okay. Text me or email me, and I'm, I may be a little obsessive this way. Yeah. He's going to provide me with names, by the way. We've already talked about this. Oh. He's going to give me names. Yeah. I'm going to have audio to compliment. Oh, great. And well, so, so it's a bit. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a bit. bit. 
We got a bear. Okay, well, I'm just, I'm being surrogate dad here, making sure when the kids turn in the project, the project is done the right way. Do you know how many projects I tried to turn in as a kid? My dad on the way out would go, did you do that? (laughs) Yeah, it's right here, and he'd just go. It's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. There's only one M in Lambert. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, we have the name game to play momentarily, but first, uh, Mel Kuyper, ESPN. Yep. Uh, draft 3.0, Mock Draft 3.0 recently was released. I saw it. And I'm seeing here, it's a name with which I'm not familiar. Um, as of now, I make Vikings taking offensive line to 30, prohibitively favored. So now, with that being the premise, a month, uh, really a month in front of the Dallas draft. month from today. Yeah, a month from today. Uh, that being the premise, now I'm like slicing and dicing between which one I think will go. So, like, we, we've discussed Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. We've mm-hmm. discussed Billy Price from Ohio State. Yeah. The McGlinchey bit from Notre Dame is mm-hmm. going to be long gone. Best offensive lineman in the draft is the Notre Dame guard. He'll be long gone. Uh, Kuiper splashes with something called James Daniels from Iowa. Oh, my gosh. What? Above average at that. Daniels is my top-ranked center. But in this scenario, he'd slot in as an immediate starter at guard for the Vikings, who already have Pat Elfline at center. Daniels is a technically sound player who can get to the second level with ease. After having one of the NFL's worst offensive lines in 2016, Minnesota made some smart moves to upgrade in 2017. And if the Vikings add Daniels, they might have one of the league's best O-lines in 2018. Wow. James Daniels is the name. That, same. That, what do you mean? Yeah, now, does, you mean? Kuiper, does Kuiper already have Billy Price gone? Or Billy Price he... isn't going to be a first-round pick. What do I look like, Todd McShay? I got no idea. Hey, well, no, that's what like? I'm curious when you start throwing well, names in there. Who gets mad at somebody who only has one name and doesn't really have anything to drive the segment? Who would do that? What? But if he says if he says that's his top ranked center, Same. I assume it's because Billy Price has the pec injury. Okay, so that's my question in terms of where he would fall into that, and the idea that immediately just because uh, he is the top ranked center and he's healthy, yeah. that we would take him, and then the immediate approach is just to slide him at guard. What if he's best meant as a center? And whatever guard experience he has at Iowa sucks. I'd have to look more into this James Daniels. Well, you're cat. formulating an awfully big opinion for having no idea who the guy was right. until Correct. I just brought up his name. Well, right. it's quick twitch. There it is. I don't want him. Right. Well, I can't. I can't say I don't want him because I don't know who he is. But I'm still. I'm still making Billy Price favored at thirty for the Vikings. Yeah, that's the favorite in okay. my opinion. But favorites don't always but win. He's got the same position flexibility as. This guy that we just met, what it does? He can uh-huh. play center or guard. Oh, Billy Price. Think he can? He played center at Ohio State, and then they kicked him over uh, to guard. Right. The pec injury is huge, right? I mean, unless you can clear him, I mean, he blew that thing out in the combine. He won't be ready press. until training camp. It was okay. partially torn. He's a You're summer right. return. It's okay. Sure, but can you get that at sixty? Is he available at 60? Niet. Okay. Niet. Uh, so draft chat with you for a couple of segments on Friday, okay? Yeah, I got it. Okay, I can't wait. Yeah, it sounds like it. Let's see. Well, now that I've pissed you off, you're probably yeah. going to put an 8-2 on me in the yeah. name game. Let's I'm play. We got, right. we got that sponsor yet, or is that a summer thing? Uh, the sponsor? Okay. Uh, that's something to come. Okay. We'll see what happens with that. I believe it's in the works. Got it. A Mr. Dawson involved. Best of luck to him. We love him. Uh, the name game. 
Ten questions, yeah. or ten answers, I should say, all including the same name. I offer up three clues. You don't have to listen to all of them. Yep. When you feel you got the vibe on it, use your name as your buzzer. Like the name can be Paul, so it can be Paul Lambert or Chris Paul. Correct. Got yes. It. And so today, I'm going to whoop your ass this week, homeboy. You ready? Best out of ten. I got a couple of tiebreakers if we need them. Uh-huh. And we'll see how this uh, this thing rolls. Today's name. All ten answers have the name Brown in them. Brown? Brown. They are all Browns of some sort. Okay. Number one. 1993 undrafted NFL player out of South Carolina State. Paul. Yes. Zeus Brown. Suffered temporary blindness at the hands of a referee and a penalty flag. Announcer. Yes. Orlando Brown. That's right. Isn't his nickname Zeus? Nickname Zeus. Now the question is, are we cool with him using the nickname? Hell no. I'm not cool with that. His name's Orlando. Think it's not? I'm glad I showed up. One, zero, announcer. Yeah, I'm not cool with nicknames. Okay. It's just like the initials yeah. game. You got to be right there. You got to be right here. Boy, I'm going to whoop your ass today. Number you two. Got me all flustered. They are all Browns. Played for teams like the New Orleans Buccaneers and the Denver Rockets. As a coach, he went to the NBA Finals. Announcer. With two- yes. Larry Brown. That's right. <laughs> two rip host. These are fun. Number three, these are all Browns. Meat Sauce Paul Lambert, feel free to participate. I'm Number trying. three. 49 years old, born in Boston. His also famous wife died of drowning in a bathtub due to drug intoxication of cocaine and other substances. Announcer. Yes. Bobby Brown. That's right. Whitney Houston, though. Yes, new addition in my prerogative, though. You want to play? Bobby Brown. Are you mailing it in? Yeah. Are you pouting? Yeah. Okay. I know it's not, I know this is the arena league to what initials is, but can you at least try? Yeah. I am. You get kick returns off the right. net, okay? I mean, you got yeah. you got you got opportunity. Yeah, I know we're at the junior college of games here, but can you at least try? Brown, number four, three nothing in favor of PA. This Brown was the eleventh of twelve children and learned to play guitar at age eight. Announcer, yes, Zach Brown. That's right. <laughs> okay. Number five. These are all Browns. Getting a call on the hotline. We're gonna, we got to skip it. We're, We're on the air. for said hotline. Outstanding receiver, punt, and kick returner at Marshall in college. Won three Super Bowls with his only pro team. Paul. Yes. Troy Brown? That's right. Yeah, nice one. Good job. Yeah, good pick. 3-1 three, one, three, one or 4-1 me? Uh, it's 4-1 in favor of PA. We're Bad. through 4 or through five, excuse me. Bad. All Browns. Boy, that hotline has you flustered. Now that hotline is pissing me off. Hopefully it's nothing important. Yeah. Probably. Usually is. We got no 1035 guests. We good. Uh, this Brown passed away in 2006. Associated with the famous Flames, the JBs, and the Daps, to name a few. Announcer. Oh, uh, uh, Paul. Yes. James Brown. That's right. 5-1 through six. Second overall pick Paul. in the yes, Courtney Brown. Yes, <laughs> second overall pick in the 2005 draft. Which draft? Oh, does 
Last played for the Chargers in 2014. Okay. His best season came as part of a Wildcat duo that Tony Sperano used in 2008. Announcer Ronnie Brown. That's right. Okay, 6-1. Yep. The guest is left. No, he's here. Oh, good. Next Brown. These are Browns. Okay. Uh, you've already won, I believe. Yes, you've won. But and let's, he won uh, last week, and I won this week. This so is perfect. Two weeks from today, bet on. From Miami, attended Central Michigan University. Uh, Paul. Yes. Antonio Brown. That's right. Well done. Couple more to go here. Six two. This is a blowout. Once so elbowed- is your backside. I always that one. Once elbowed a Minnesota player, giving him a Announcer. concussion. Yes. Dustin Brown. That's right. I have no idea who that is. L.A. Kings. No idea. Yeah, he was at Box in the Box, and I yelled at him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, That's the, a deep jam. The final Brown made his official debut in October of 1950. Announcer. Yes. Lexington Steele. <laughs> Over the course of time, he's been portrayed by more than 30 different voices. Paul Charlie Brown. That's right. Good job, Paul. the final. All right, I'll see you Friday, okay? News du Nord next. The Burke bit from Florida, which means it's the Beach Burke bit, 10-5-5. McTockett in studio, 11-1-7 on Motsko and more. And uh, some Wednesday wisdom an hour from now. Nordo produces. I'm Paul Allen. From the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios, this is 9 to Noon. The game is over. You're listening to PA. Listen. We all live in the same place. We all live in purple misery together. On the fan. Shake what? Shake, 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 Sinora. Shake your body line. Shake what? Shake, 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 Sinora. Shake it all. Oh, my eyebrows are work, a hot mess. Work, Sinora. Work your body line. Damn real. Sonora, work it all the time. My girl's name is Sonora. Damn Tell your friends I adore her. Damn When she dances, oh brother. Thank you. In all kinds of weather. Jump in the line. Oh, we I believe you jump in the line. Oh, we Okay, I believe you jump in the line. Are you serious? Shake what? Shake, 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 News Dunord. Brought to you by Canterbury's Card Casino, poker, blackjack, table games all year round, live racing. Beginning of May, it starts up again. So get to CanterburyPark.com, check out all the event details. I can always tell when you are light on News Do Nor items, you lead with that song. Oh, because I know you can't help yourself. Well, because you know I'll eat up a minute and change of the segment with the Shake What Dambaria. Well, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty full today. Okay, but... Part of it on the back end includes rule change stuff, which I know will hit with uh, Mr. Burke. A little bit. So uh, there's no need to uh, to take it too long and too deep down that stretch. But we'll start with this. Number one. Right off the face-off last night, PA. Right off 
the face-off one here by Nashville and cranked in from the left point by Roman Yossi. There was a big bolt in that net back behind Devin Dubnik. It is one nothing Predators. Big bulge in that net following Nashville's first shot of the evening. Suddenly it's one nothing Predators. Okay, that's not good. The power play wasn't working. Needed a spark in the third period. And, well, turned out uh, it's stall good. Ryan Ellis can't hold it in. Pressure from Parisi on the right point. Forces play back to center. Here comes Stahl. Stahl gets it back in front. He scores! Yeah. Stahl to Graham with back for Stahl. And Stahl gets his 40th goal of the year with 3.15 remaining in the hockey game. And that ties it 1-1. Second player in franchise history to eclipse the 40-goal mark. The other... Mr. Gabarik, more than a decade ago. Shootout. Overtime is a no-go. Koivu avoids his third straight game of allowing a guy to streak past him and resulting in a game-winning goal in overtime. Uh, with an offside call on that, goes to the shootout. We need Captain Koivu to hit that patented backhand to extend the shootout. Here's Captain Miko Koivu. Gathers up the bucket center, charges into the offensive zone. Koivu fires wide. Oh. Nashville wins the hockey game 2-1. to one. Wild end the season campaign against the Nashville Predators. 3-1-1. and one. They get a point last night, so that's good. Wild have a three-point lead for third place in the Central Division. Over. It's not the Avalanche anymore, PA. Yeah. The Yoels, the Blues have won six straight. I think it's the longest winning streak in the conference. How, how far behind us? Uh, they're three points. We both have six games to go. Okay, so, I mean, what, what needs to happen here again to get us to Vegas? Uh, well, Vegas and Nashville just need to stand pat. Well, can, can and, Vegas catch Nashville? Ooh, yeah. That's, see, that's like a six or so point lead okay. well, uh, and, with six to go, too. It's meaty. Let, let's just let it happen and stop sweating it. And I'm, t- I'm more talking myself into this than you. Because, like, Vegas, San Jose, I think, is on is clo- is relatively close to Vegas. And in San Jose, I know, plays the Golden Knights in Las Vegas. I think it's Saturday. So San Jose had won eight consecutive. I think took an overtime Yoel last evening, but still got a point. So um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you just said all about the thing? Las Vegas is trying to catch Nashville. San Jose is trying to catch Vegas. We are hoping St. Louis and the Yoels or somebody catches us so we fall into the Vegas spot, not the Winnipeg spot. Right. And, oh, by the way, your Jets might be going to the Stanley Cup final. Uh, the Jets are good, no doubt about it. Now, it's a six-point gap between Nashville and Vegas for the one and two seed. So I would anticipate with six games to go, let's yeah. just say Vegas is the two. Okay. Which means we would be, we would have to drop to the first wild card, which is where St. Louis sits right now. And we're three ahead of that. We're three ahead, both with six games to go. And we're playing well. And Yoel has St. Louis playing incredibly well. Yeah. Okay, so Blues playing incredibly well, but as I've mentioned the last two days, and this includes last night, I love how our hockey team is playing right now. Right. I can't wait for Vox in the Box tomorrow. A lot of cool takes. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux starts the show at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Number two. Yeah. Great thought, Eric. Uh, We need some hashtag faith. Wolves just lost to a team that had no interest in winning the other night uh, with Memphis Mm -hmm. in town. Worst L of the season at Target Center. Dogfight for the playoffs. We know all of those things. Fast forward tonight. How, the, how, how much clearer are we of, like, Denver and stuff? Uh, it's a One game, and a half? It's a game and a half. Okay. 
And we're also, we're still just, I believe, a game and a half from hosting a playoff series. What? Yes, we're still, I mean, that's how meaty this thing is. Wow. So we'll see what happens. But the Atlanta Hawks in town, they are playoff bound. They're hoping to strike gold in the lottery. Third worst record in the league, worst in the East by a mile, or at least a few games. Jalen Morris out with an ankle. DeAndre Bembry out with an abdominal strength. Those guys don't play. Antonius Cleveland, ankle surgery. Malcolm Delaney, doesn't matter. Doesn't play. But Kent Bazemore and Dennis Schroeder do. They are both out tonight. Bazemore's been out for the season for a while, so that's not new. The Schroeder bit's new. Um, and they they have a Minnesotan on their team. Um, Mike Muscala, I believe, is the name. Mm, yeah. I'm not sure. I can't remember where he's from. Uh, but um, he'll probably play a lot tonight. Uh, they have some cat named Torian Prince, who I remember was fat in the NCAA tournament within the last two or three years. He could play a little bit. Dwayne Dedman, I mean, he's pulling a little bit of a wagon when he runs. But uh, Dedman can play center okay. Mascala from SLP, right here in St. Louis Park, went to high school in Roseville. I think he's not. And uh, was a Buckneller. Yeah. So we'll see what happens tonight. Need that Need that W. I know you like Daily Fantasy. Yes. Uh, my weekly fanball uh, basketball contest is tonight. Uh, I was it was it was bonkers last week. It filled. It's uh, fanball.com. It's five dollars a person. Two hundred to the winner. Seven fifty in the pool. There we we have a super special five play bonus tonight, which means if you have the highest on your team, right. if you have the highest scoring point guard, small guard, small forward, power forward, and center, I mean it's it's an arduous task. Yes, but if you do, you win five hundred on top of the two hundred you already would win. Oh, that's beautiful. That's five dollars to get in. It's fanball.com. It's called the seven hundred fifty dollar Paul Allen posterizer. Two hundred to first. And it's filling quickly. And when I get home in the sinkhole after the show, I'm going to put together some lineups. Uh, here is a sneaky value guy for you tonight. Here we go. Not sure what he goes for within the guards, but it can't be that much. But Damian Lillard is mm. missing tonight's Blazers game due to the birth of his child. Uh, Shabazz Napier, when he fills in for Lillard, specifically in one-game scenarios, he represents really well. Shabazz Napier will be on every team I put forth this evening, and I would imagine you can get him for somewhere around three to $3,500 off your $55,000 cap. Hell yeah. Fanball.com. It's the Paul Allen Posterizer. Play against me this evening. Number three. Uh, this is less news and more just quick twitch. So LeBron was asked, given how the season is gone, some would consider James Harden to be kind of the runaway favorite as MVP of the NBA this season. Houston has the best record in the NBA. They look like the best team in the NBA, so he's the favorite. Yeah. But LeBron answered, nah, I vote for me. The body of work, how I'm doing it, what's been happening with our team all year long. Napier's, Napier's $3,100 tonight. Oh, pounce on him. Which is near the bottom. And they're playing Memphis. Oh, here he, we go. He's going to play a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I love Shabazz Napier this evening. Fanball.com, my posterizer contest. Gone with LeBron. My question to you. He was asked who he would vote for for MVP. He voted for himself. And my question to you is, given the midseason trades, the injuries, everything that has happened, yet this team is still very much in the thick of the Eastern Conference race, if he brings the Cavs to the finals, is this LeBron's best work? As a professional player. I believe it is. And with LeBron, uh, given I watch a fair amount of his games, 
I, he's never been better, in my opinion. I mean, he had a 17-assist game. He's hitting threes. His free throw shooting has come back a little bit, but it, it was pretty good for a while. And he's having to shoulder the greatest load he's ever had to shoulder in his career. So, like, you take James Harden, who will win the MVP. You take Harden off Houston. I still think Houston wins markedly more games than if you take LeBron off Cleveland. Markedly more. I mean, LeBron off Cleveland... That is absolutely a non-playoff team. Lottery picks. Harden off the the Rockets, that's still a playoff team, Yeah, in my opinion. So I can argue LeBron for MVP, but it's Harden's money. It's not even close. Number four. Uh, we'll end with this. The owners' meetings concluding down in Florida, and uh, the coaches had their various media sessions. They sit there, they eat some food, drink some coffee, and media members get to fire uh, questions across the bow to them. And uh, Mike Zimmer, we saw some tweets regarding some comments he made during that media session. Go to Vikings.com. They have video and audio of the entire nearly hour-long chat he had with members of the media. So you can check that out on Vikings.com. I pulled a couple of bits, starting with this and uh, the communication he had with Teddy when he found out that uh, Teddy Bridgewater was now joining the New York Jets. I texted him. or Actually, he texted me first. And... uh, then I texted him back. Um, it was, you know, real quick conversation, but it was, you know, I, I think he knows how I feel about him, and, and uh, you know, hopefully he feels the same way about me. He loved Teddy. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, he continues on talking about what he was seeing on the practice field as Teddy was active again and working with the team versus some of the training staff reports he was receiving potentially a bit to the contrary. Here's that. I thought he was doing good in practice. Um, the reports I'd get back from the medical people weren't as weren't as positive as I was about it. So, I mean, that's kind of how it came down, is that his knee wasn't, uh, you know, he still had some recovery to do. But when I watch him in practice, in practice, he moved, moved well. He, uh, I, I didn't see limitations, but you know, from what I was told, there was some. And to clarify that, the Vikings did not put an unhealthy Teddy Bridgewater on the field. But what they were talking about is referring to limitations that he may have had, work that he still had to do to get the mobility and the entire uh, framework of a game that he brought to the field when they drafted him in the first round in 2014. Right. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on Teddy Bridgewater and what uh, the tough decision that the Vikings had to make, and, and now he moves on to the Jets. Well, yeah, I'm very fond of Teddy. Um, I agree with everything the head coach just said, and the medical staff is going to be more advanced on what he can and cannot do during the course of a game. Um, you know, I, I think there's a brilliant opportunity for Bridgewater with the New York Jets to open eyes in the offseason and show that he's close to who he was as a division-winning quarterback compared to being a stat on a medical record in terms of every single move he makes and and, and cautious motion that is taken. So um, it's difficult. It's very difficult because I wanted Teddy to be on this team as the backup quarterback. And for whatever the reason, they went with Trevor Simeon. And Simeon is more trustworthy at this stage of his career than Bridgewater. 
and not and the backup's not going to play because Cousins makes all the dances. Yes. So best of luck to Teddy. That's all I got, my man. When nine to noon continues, the Burke bit becomes Burke on the beach. Uh, Matt is in Florida with his family, but uh, will still join nine to noon for a segment uh, to discuss what um, is kind of a controversial rule change in the National Football League involving lowering the helmet. Plus more. When 9 to Noon continues, from the Bryant Heating and Cooling Studios, you're listening to the band. You're listening to PA. When Muhammad Ali was down, did you count him out? When Jiminy Cricket was down, did you count him out? This is the game, Doug! Woo! On the fan. Matt Burke. The Burke Bitch. The Burke Bitch. Matthew, it's Paul Allen. How are you? Excellent, Paul Allen. How are you? How's Burke at the beach? Uh, it's not so bad. It's uh, temperatures high, SPF is high, fun levels high, stress is low. <laughs> so Florida overall is a W as of now. It's a W. It's only it's only day one, but it's a W. How um? Can I get personal? Yeah, please do. When you have a stable of eight kids and a wife, how does flying work when it comes to taking a vacation? Oh, you just you just got to embrace it. Uh, I do. I mean, it's it's, it's fun. I really do. I I, I attack it, and uh, I, I look at the tear terror on people's faces when we get on the plane. Um, you know, my kids are freaking out. People look at me funny. I just kind of look at them and shrug and say, you know, what do you what do you want me to do about it? It's just, it's, it, it is what it is. Do you do you guys take every first class seat? Oh, I can't afford first class with all those kids. Come on, no man. We're uh, back. We were we were in row forty seven and oh. forty eight yesterday. Um, I didn't know planes were that long. Uh, forty seven and forty eight is where we were holding it down. Did you? Um, uh, are you familiar with the term moderate chop? Moderate chop. Yeah, mo- like as far as turbulence goes. Yeah, moderate. Yeah, there the turbulence in airlines parlance is called chop. There is Whoa. there there's minimal chop, moderate chop, and severe chop. When severe chop takes place or sometimes the high end of moderate chop, you'll hear ding, ding, a couple of bells, and the FAs will sit down. When the FAs sit down, then that means you're about ready to embark on some anxiety. Yeah. No, I would say we had a little uh, light to moderate chop for Mm -hmm. part of the flight, and and the little guys uh, especially found that to be pretty entertaining. So that actually helped. That, that, That actually helped the cause. So, did uh, were there any giving you you roll onto the plane with the stable? I mean, are there are there any eyeball rolls like kids being loud, bumping chairs, stuff like that? Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think I mean, most people are great about it. You know, they get it. Like I've had people almost every flight, people offer to to hold the babies and walk around with them. They love it. Oh, that's um, nice. There's always you know there's there's always some crabs and uh, you know you just kind of smile and um, <laughs> you know kind of I mean I mean like. You know what am I going to do about it, and what are you going to do about it? We're nothing. So we can, you know, you can be, 
you can be PO'd for three hours or you can just kind of go with the flow and yeah. and enjoy the ride and, and be thankful that when this plane touches down, you get to leave this mess. This is my life. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, come on now. Burke, the bright side. Burke at the beach. Do you lay out at the beach and like and like slather um, suntan or 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 uh, slather stuff on you to avoid burns and stuff? No, no. I mean, I'd be I'd be cancerous in five minutes if I did that. I, you know, the beach is. I mean, we're we're active. There's no there's no laying around. It's it's toys and and uh, and balls and you know, just trying to, it's, it's normally one of those deals where you, you load up the, you load up the car, you know, by the way, we, uh, we rented a 15 passenger van. That's how, that's <laughs> how we roll on, on vacation. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, 15 passenger van, you know, it takes about an hour to get out of the house, get the van packed. You get there, you got to walk a block or two and yeah. you get there, you get set up and, you know, 15 minutes later, uh, you know, somebody's got sand in their eye and the other one pooped their pants and, and we're <laughs> packing up and going home. Well, you uh, when a rube asks you for an autograph because he thinks you are Kyle Rudolph, how do you handle that? Uh, I normally sign Kyle Rudolph, <laughs> or uh, or I'll just be a huge jerk to him, and then they walk away thinking, you know, <laughs> Kyle Rudolph, Kyle Rudolph slash Chris Hovan slash Brad Johnson. That guy's a real jerk in person. That's great, uh, Burke. Man, it's Burke at the beach. Uh, will you be doing any comedy on the beach? Like six, seven o'clock happy hour. You know, hey everybody, gather around, and then you make people laugh for like a half hour. No, nah, but you know what? There is a comedy club here in town, and maybe I'll maybe I'll see when the open mic night is. Just try out some, you know, try out some new material. Because Paul, as you know, I mean, whatever, whether it's football or radio or fatherhood or husbandhood or comedy, I'm always trying to get better. You know, I'm always looking for how can I how can I get one percent better today. So yeah. that's a good idea. I might have to go check that out. Do you think you've become a comedy snob? Where if you go like watch comedy and it's not Jim Gaffigan or Stephen Wright or Dave Chappelle or like some of the high enders, where you purposely won't laugh because you think you're a comedic genius? No, not at all. I mean, I actually I have more respect for for comics now, and you know, comedy's not a it's not like a zero sum game where if somebody's good or somebody's funny, then somebody's not good, right? Like there's there's unlimited, there's infinite amounts of of humor and laughter in the world. So like if somebody's up there and whether they're doing a, a an okay job, a good job, a great job, no, I just I I enjoy it because uh, it's it's I will say this. I mean I'm not I don't you know for whatever reason I don't get too nervous getting going on stages and and doing things, but. Um, comedy is a different deal because there's an expectation there and it's like instant, instant feedback on whether you're doing, on whether you're doing well or not. So anybody that gets up there, uh, and, and on a comedy, in a comedy situation and, and, and holds that mic in their hand, I've got, I've got respect for them. When you think of nine to noon, you think of journalistic integrity, objectivity, nothing homerish or cheerleaderish and breaking news, right? Consummate professionals, yes. Thank you. Uh, well, uh, my sources indicate to me uh, Matt Burke will be performing a comedy show at O'Gara's in St. Paul in the relative near future. Can you confirm? Uh, I can. I can. I can somewhat confirm. Yes, I will. Uh, I yes. will tell you that there will be a there will be a show at O'Gara's in the, in the month of May. Wait. That's about that's about all I can disclose right now. So I, I, I would urge your listeners, you know, to stay tuned, keep their Keep their ear to the street and the shoulder to the grindstone for, for further details. Yes, sir. Uh, MattBurke.com. Uh, what is it? MattBurkeSpeaking.com. Think, think Correct. Any information there? 
Uh, no, no, this is still, uh, you know, this is, I mean, this is what you guys do, right? You break stories, you yeah. sue people and you have, uh, thank you. you have done it once again. You, you, you have broken news that, uh, thank that you had, that, that had not yet been made public. So congratulations to you and your team. Thank you. NFL owners meeting. Um, there are some proposed rule changes. I just want to hit a couple with you. You're an elite football mind. There's something called the Josh McDaniel rule. Uh, it's been tabled. Uh, so here's the question. Should teams be able to announce a new head coach even when the guy is still coaching a team in the playoffs? I think they should because everybody knows what's going on. You know, it's like the worst kept secret in the world. I think back to a few years ago with uh, with Dan when, when Dan Quinn was hired away from the Seahawks, when Kyle Shanahan was hired away from the Falcons. I mean, everybody knows. So why not just why not just be totally transparent, um, announce it, and then. You know, that can kind of be, you can sort of take that elephant out of the room a little bit, uh, because it's really not, it's really not fair to that, to that coach. And it's, and it's not fair to his players either, because they're, they're trying to win a world championship. So just be transparent, announce it, be done with it, and let everybody go about their business. Okay. Your BFF, Roger Goodell, NFL commissioner, all over the internet now. The NFL is focused on not using the helmet as a weapon. Um, that That's straight from the mouth of the commissioner. Yesterday's surprise rule change was about reminding NFL players helmets are to protect their heads, not to be used to strike. Now, here's the official rule. It's the helmet down bit. Playing rule article 8. It is a foul if a player lowers his head to initiate and make contact with the helmet against an opponent. The player may be disqualified. Applies to any player anywhere on the field, the player may be disqualified. So, we'll start here. Clearly, it's another step to take the head out of the game, right? Yeah, and, you know, I applaud them for, for, for continuing on that path. You know, it started about six years ago, and, and they continue to do it. And, and progress has been made. Um, this one, just the way it's written, and you know, this is this is fresh uh, right out of the box. But it'll it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of as as discussions happen and this evolves, and and you get into into you know playing actual games, how the application of this rule takes shape. Because you know, I mean, there's a lot of times. I mean, you're always going to put your head down to a certain extent. That's that's a natural right instinct. That I mean, that's not taught. You can teach however you want, starting in second grade. But that's a natural instinct when, when, you know, if I was going to walk up to you and I were to cock my fist back to hit you, you know, you would have a, you would have a natural inclination. You'd put your head down and, and try to protect yourself. And, and I get it, you know, I mean, I, I get everything, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see because, because when you start talking about ejections, um, and suspensions, and that's when I get, that's when I get a little, um, nervous just because those things, those things don't just affect that player. They affect the, the, the entire team and the entire organization. Couple of things top of the head. As a former offensive lineman, did you ever lower your helmet to initiate contact anywhere on the field? All the time. All the time. So, like, okay, so, I mean, you know, I I can see the pigeonholing of DBs, of safeties and corners, defenseless guy, targeting, whatever, lowering the helmet, blasting somebody. So maybe the tackling technique needs to improve there. Uh, say, Say Matt Burke gets by Vince Wilfork, now he's looking for Mike Vrabel. When when you mash on Vrabel on the second level, one hundred out of one hundred times your helmet is going down. Yeah, absolutely, and that's why you know I'm with you on the defenseless player thing. Absolutely, but when you're talking about um, 
you know, running back coming through the hole. And, you know, who knows? There's, right. uh, there's a linebacker coming off a block. There's the free safety coming up. There's all, I mean, he has to, he doesn't know. He, know, he knows contact is imminent. He doesn't know he might be getting it from multiple spots. Yeah. And you're just, you're just going to put your head down. And the whole thing about leverage, too. I mean, football's a game of leverage. And at those certain contact points, you need to be lower. And so just automatically your head's going to go down. Burke Bitt, I think the first second guessing of this entire thing will take place the first time we see a quarterback sneak. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, on a quarterback sneak, like the freaking helmet's not going to go down to mash on the defender at the goal line. Yeah, I mean, I was actually when you, when you were explaining the rule, I was thinking about goal line situations or, or, or short yardage. I mean, your your eyes are straight down, and uh, so it'll be you know, interesting to see how it's enforced and, and 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 how it's applied. You know, these things again. I just I just kind of read the article like like everybody else, and. You know, they're, they're, this thing's still probably a little bit, a little bit pliable, and yeah. But uh, but 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 I do think that it's you know it's it's, it's again it's, it's that effort to to do the right thing, and, and with everything that happens in the NFL, right, it, it trickles down to all levels of football. So so it's it, it's a good idea. It's well intentioned. Just have to make sure that it that it goes into application pro- uh, properly. It's Burke at the beach. Couple of quickies to close. Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame is project, projected to be the first offensive lineman selected in the Dallas draft. Cool. He's a guard. Is it still taboo to draft a guard super high in drafts? Um, it, it, it depends. I mean, yes, it normally is because normally the, the, the stud offensive linemen in college play, play tackle, but Notre Dame had a, had a really good left tackle as well. His name escapes me, but, uh, McGlinchey. So, yeah. So, so he was able to, to play inside and, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, left, left we, we all know left tackle is an important position. Right guard is a very important position too. I think I think it gets overlooked a lot because what people um, might not understand is is you have two types of protections. You have man protections where everybody just kind of blocks the guy in front of them, yeah. and then you have slide protections, which are slide protections are pretty uh, commonplace, especially in nickel and and the three and four wide situations. So normally, what you're going to do is you're going to slide the line, the center, and left guard and left tackle. You're going to slide them to the left to protect the quarterback's blind side so that i mean it's probably seven eight times out of ten you're sliding left yeah and you leave that right guard on an island you can you can chip the right tackle with a tight end or a back but you leave that right guard on a, on a pretty big island as well so um you know not knowing anything about not much about this this guard from from notre dame but i assume he has the tangibles he can probably play outside but but uh um you know it's a it's it, it's an ever um right now it's, it's kind of one of those positions that it's being recognized and getting 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 some of its due that I think I think it deserves. And uh, last one, it plays into the fact the three technique spot is becoming maybe the most important part of a defense. I'm not kidding you. Vikings sign Sheldon Richardson. Rams are going to use two three techniques in Aaron Donald and in Dominican Sue. The Eagles use Fletcher Cox and undersized Brandon Graham as defensive tackles in big spots. Thus, the need for high end guards is making more sense, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, can we, I mean, how about, I mean, how about the way the NFC is shaping up? I think for a while the AFC will kind of had, kind of had some more top tier teams, but you look at obviously the Vikings, you look at what Philly's doing. I mean, they're, 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 they're not resting on, on the laurels of a, of a Super Bowl championship and what the, and what the Rams are doing. And, and I do think you look at the common denominator that there's a few commonalities with those teams, but one of them is stout defenses in the middle. And, uh, 
you know, it, it kind of starts with, with pass protection and the run game. First, take away the A-gap. Um, that's what they talk about. Take away the A-gap, and then you take away the B-gap, you take away the C-gap. So it starts inside, and uh, they're certainly, it's certainly becoming, becoming the, the invoke thing right now to, to bulk up the, the interior of your defensive line. And, and, and to your point, the guard and center positions are going to have to going to have to be big when you play those those fronts. Burke Bitt, enjoy your time down. I'll see you in a couple of weeks, okay? Thank you. Matt Burke, at Burke Matt via Twitter. Bob Motzko is the new Golden Gophers hockey coach. We discuss that and some uh, wild hockey with Mick Tockett next. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword with to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's win to 200-200. You're listening to PA. Time for two more. On the fan. Programming on the fan brought to you in part by O'Reilly Auto Parts. And do this for me. Get to KFAN.com right now. Because you have an opportunity to win a pair of tickets to see pandas. It's only at the IMAX Theater at the Minnesota Zoo. Pandas. You'll love it. KFAN.com. Keyword contests. Bob Motzko, new coach of the Golden Gophers hockey team, is from Austin, Minnesota. St. Cloud State alum, 57 years of age. Got his first coaching job at SCSU under Herb Brooks in the mid-80s. Was with the Gophers from 01 to 05 as an assistant to Don Lucia. Won a couple of titles on the bench in 2002 and 2003. St. Cloud was his first head coaching job, and he was there for 13 seasons. Led Team USA to its fourth gold medal in the World Juniors last year as the head coach. Led St. Cloud to six WCHA Final Five appearances, three NCHC Frozen Faceoffs, eight NCAA tournament appearances, and one NCAA Frozen 4 bid in 2013, losing to Quinnipiac in the semis. WCHA Coach of the Year twice, NCHC Herb Brooks Coach of the Year twice, 2014 and 2018. Overall with the Huskies, 276, 192, and 49. To talk about that and analyze said higher in studio, uh, Golden Gophers Hockey Immortality, Pat Micheletti. Pat, Paul Allen. Hi, Paul Allen. Scarves up. Scarves up. Motsko, your thoughts? Um, I think it was a, a very good hire. Obviously, he's uh, the probably the hottest commodity in college hockey right now with uh, with his resume and what he's done at St. Cloud, what he's done with Team USA, and um, just his pedigree and his character. Um, you know, all that is uh, is all good stuff and that he'll be bringing to Minnesota. Dude, did... Do you feel there was enough deep diving on the next coach? Or given somebody had been here, what, nearly two decades in Lucia, they identified who they wanted, Mm -hmm. and they went after that guy, and that was the guy. Well, yeah, I I mean, you can look at it a couple different ways of identifying who the hottest guy in college hockey is and his connections, obviously, to Minnesota and being here before. So people were familiar with him, the alumni familiar with him. Um, and just, you know, what he's done is... is um, well, sometimes familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah, that's and true. Very not, much so. I'm not trying to be a negative no, here. No, And I'm PA, not DA. You are. I'm simply saying, what what made Bob Motzko the hottest commodity in college hockey? 
Well, just look what, he, what he's done at uh, what St. Cloud State, what he did with Team USA and bringing a team together and molding them and, you know, putting people in the right roles and, and uh, having a system and sticking to it. And, you know, he and uh, and he's a very, very likable guy, and he has a great personality. And, yep. and that those are the qualities that you're looking for in a head coach at the University of Minnesota. Coaching at the University of Minnesota, hockey is not the easiest thing in the world because you're dealing with um, a, a boatload of egos uh, that once played there, and so you're talking different factions of the alumni, and uh, and so you really need the right guy to be able to handle all of that ancillary stuff, and uh, and so I think uh, all that was brought in and considered when hiring him. Okay, well, nine to noon Monday started something called Golden Gophers Hockey. Yep, head coach steamy name of the day. Yes, and because I I seriously thought this would go to next week. Yeah, I thought you know I thought and maybe there were. I mean, if you were to guess, how many people were interviewed? I would say probably three and Bob. Okay, so four total. Yes. I thought that the, it might stretch to eight to 12. So did I. Okay. Initially. So, so therefore, uh, in, in my final week before I leave over the weekend, I was like, steamy head coach name of the day. Yep. Monday, I unveiled a name that was really, really intriguing to me. He's an assistant coach for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yes. And his name's Steve Miller. It, it is. In deep diving on Steve Miller, I learned that Lucia tried to hire him last year. But... He, w- he was hired, to be quite honest. Oh, he was? You. Yes. And then there was a flim-flam. There was. Like a local agent or alums or something. And then all of a sudden, he's out. And then so I'm reading it. I'm talking to people about him, and they're like, well... I heard two things. One, might be best recruiter in the country. Mm-hmm. Secondly, there are a bevy of head coaches already in college hockey. Yes. Who look at this guy as a major head coaching uh head coaching possibility. There, there's no question about that. So I'm not I don't know enough about it or quite honestly mm-hmm. care enough about it to like bang my fist down and be like, Well, why why wasn't this guy considered or how come he didn't get the job? Well, that that that's a great question, but but what I think, you know, when you when you look at 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 this job here in Minnesota, I think number one, I think people want to see some familiarity. Now, you might you, let's take another guy, uh, Jim Montgomery. Okay, he's the head coach at Denver. Wow, uh, I'm I'm not so sure certain that that um, he wouldn't have entertained an interview if offered the opportunity. But now, does Jim Montgomery fit into this mold here at Minnesota? So you're kind of looking for a guy that's going to be a you know mold in here too and and what what does he have is he does he have the roots here does he have do people know him i see um, and I, and so I, that's I, important that, with that job. I, I really do i really do believe yeah. that at least initially okay uh, i do believe like with gophers football or basketball it means it zero. doesn't matter okay. no because most of you guys you're recruiting are from pennsylvania florida ohio it. it doesn't matter yeah and uh and and it and listen and let's not forget and i and i try to tell people this a little bit too um, and especially, and I hope the university is listening too when it comes to the the pricing of their tickets. This is a regional sport. Yep. It is not college basketball. It is not college football. It never will be. We are our little machine that is college hockey. Yeah. And so you and 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 we have our own little machine of fans that that love college hockey. But it is not college football and it is not college basketball. So let's be who we are and make it the best that we can be. Spectacularly stated. Up. So, like, if I'm a student at the U, yes. and I mm. want to go to 3M Mariucci bit, 
What does it cost? I don't know that. Uh, I know it's. A I can lot tell you right now, it needs to cost five dollars. It needs to cost five dollars, or it needs to be free or put into their. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, into their. Uh, you know their tuition their bit. Tuition bit. No. Well, whatever. I don't know. However, be five bucks. Okay, get, put five bucks on there then. Yeah, exactly. And have people lined up to get in and get general admission seats yes. and go crazy and go wild. Right. Uh, because that's what college sports is all about. That's what college hockey is all about. Now you know I'm an elite Michigan Tech mind, right? Michigan Tech bounced by Notre Dame. And yes. Very heartbreaking. Oh, they should. Do you know how close they were to winning? Yeah. Did you see that? Did I see it? I watched every second <laughs> okay. of the game. I figured you might. My guy's Jake Jackson. Yeah. It's a family friend of mine. How good is he? How freaking big spot is my guy? I mean, it, to, to, to advance to beat Patel, Why is he at Michigan Tech and not at Minnesota? You have to ask Don Lucia. Right. I have no idea. I mean, he was drafted in the seventh. He went to Tartan High School yes. in Oakdale. Right. I think he was Mr. Hockey Candidate. Probably. Guy, but he didn't win. Yeah. Then Tough he to was, win. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Sharks. Mm. So then he did the the AHL bit, the whatever. No, no, the, yeah, not the AHL bit. But yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. USHL. USHL. Yes, whatever. Yes, yep, yep. Uh, ECAC, whatever. Yeah, NAHL. Yep. He went that route. Yep. So now he's one of those quasi-older kids in college hockey yep. we talked about last week. He played for something called the Nanaimo Clippers for two years. Yeah. And then he went to Michigan Tech. And, I mean, before they had a chance to beat Patalny in another must-win situation, 15 minutes into overtime against Hastings' team, he scores the game winner. (laughs) Walks off a winner. I mean, the most dramatic moment ever. And I'm talking to somebody who has many dramatic moments. This is Michigan Tech hotline, fan line. How about this? NCAA tournament Bridgeport. Right. Notre Dame winning. Big boy comes up with a goal with a minute to go. Can't make it up. And then uh, and then there's freaking broken stick terrorism. Yeah. Irish come the other way, get a shot, then some bogus crap, and Huskies are dead. But to, from a uh, from a fan standpoint, talking yes. about the rabid nature of fans, um, I think they call themselves the Michigan Tech Misfits. Yes, and they do. It, it's a fan base that follows them around the country, and it it um, it expands at home games. So like there may be fifty at all road games. Yep. And by the way. During Michigan Tech spring break, they were in Fankato for when I attended. Yes. I saw the Misfits. That's what they need. Like the identity, like some some gophers misfit bit that identifies yeah. with college hockey. You yeah. Know? Without a doubt. You, you, like the you, Cameron Crazy. You, you've gotta you gotta bring that 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 fun that in that energy back to, mm-hmm. to Mariucci Arena. Now when you think nine to noon, you think two sides of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, yours truly digging below the surface and without a doubt, occasionally providing some controversy, hard hitting. So again, I'm not devil's advocate, and I hope the Golden Gophers win the next five Frozen Fours. I think it'd be cool for the alumni, Mouse Mickelson and Ryan Cardinal. Um, Motsko's postseason record is net. Yeah, it 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 has some negativity to it. Sure does. And but it but that's like over X amount of years. It's not just like like recently or whatever. Mm-hmm. Number one seed just bounced by Air Force. One one seed getting bounced by a sixteen does not a next to job make. However, um, I've I've just seen that from members of the fan base. I think they're a little concerned. Why shouldn't they be? Well, I I don't have the answer uh, because I'll I'll take you to other sports and other coaches and. And just tell you the difficulty it is to win. And do you have the right guys? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, do you have the luck on your side? It, I, I don't have that. I don't have that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it is it the coaching or is it the players or is it a combo? 
platter? Is it luck? Is it that day you, you meet a hot goalie? Are you always meeting a hot goalie in the first right. round of the NCAA? Yeah, maybe. You know, every you know year. I don't know. Uh, I, 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 wish, I wish I could sit here and give you the answer. Okay. But I don't have that. All right. Now, secondly. Okay. Um, Mike Gensel. Yes. What's next for Mike Gensel? Uh, I I truly, truly hope he gets an opportunity because he's a passionate guy and he understands the game, knows the game. Um, you That's know, a major I L. think I think he got caught up in the in the they regime compared to Lucia in type the, in, the re, in the regime. Yeah, and I don't know if the university had the um, thought process or whatever you want to call it of you know. Uh, of trying to get something new and yeah. fresh and exciting right. in, and I think he was tied to, to Don, and I think that was a major reason why. Pat, Pat Micheletti in studio, uh, Bob Motzko, new coach of the Golden Gophers hockey team. Press conference, I believe, tomorrow. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, yes. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Carrie, during Molesky's program. Yes. Uh, finally on this, when it comes to recruiting yes. and, like, getting, you know, getting the, these older kids here and stuff, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I mean, like, if you're if you're Bob Motzko, forget the ticket prices for the Michigan Tech Misfits. Right. Uh, the ticket prices compared to Badgers hockey, yep. which is less than here. The marketing of the whole bit. Yep. Forget that. Hardcore hockey guy making this better. What are some things he needs to do? Well, listen. He knows how to recruit, and he recruits the he re, he recruits for what he believes his system is going to be. So I don't know who that is. You know, it's not for me to tell him. Well, you need this guy, you need that guy, or you need this guy. Yeah. You know what? He's got a. I I think in what he'll do too is he'll he'll use his alumni to recruit guys that he wants to recruit recruit and try to get in here. But you know, and as far as putting a team together, that's getting character, it's getting talent, it's getting all of those things you need. That's on him. That's why he's the head coach, and that's why I'm just here to support him. Ha- hasn't I mean? Hasn't it just dramatically changed? I mean, really, over it, it, the last five or ten years. I mean, do yep. do seriously? Do do you if you are a coach looking to win at a high level for many years? Yep. Do you need to be a Braemar to watch a ten year old play? No, or eleven or twelve. I, well, I I. I Personally, I, mean, you've I, get I don't that think that kind so. of a jump on it. I, I think it's crazy. I absolutely. It's I I think if you're the University of Minnesota, and this may sound arrogant, but but if you're at the University of Minnesota and you want to be a Gopher, you will just continue on your path. And when it's time to be a Gopher, yeah. you will be selected to be a Gopher, have yeah. the opportunity to be a Gopher. I think that's kind of lost. I think it's kind of right. I think here with some of the players, they don't understand the presence of being a University of Minnesota. Go for alum and what when I when I came and I've told this story to everybody. Yeah, my whole motivation was not letting down the guys who played before me. Yeah, and it, and so I could walk away saying, guess what? I I was classy. I represented the U very well. I represented the guys that played played here before me very well. And I can walk away saying, whom all the other everything else, the stats and all yeah. that is gravy. But did I represent the university the way it should be yeah. represented and and have pride in the guys who wore number twenty six before me? And and if you are walking some of these prospects or yep. or potential recruits or whatever yep. around Mariucci, seriously, and and, and I, I know I'm on your jock about this, but yep. I think it's really cool. You can look at that mural and say that's me, and a lot <laughs> went into being well, on this. Yeah, and guess did. what? There's this guy and this guy yep. and this guy, and you could be next. Yeah, I, absolutely that's fresh. It is, and and I think Bob understands the fact that he's got an alumni base here that he that should market this metro area, that should own this metro area. That that you know, 
uh, that the, the the alumni is willing to help and help this program in any way they possibly can. And, yeah. and I think uh, I think he'll do that. So uh, Dumba lost a guy in single coverage last night in overtime. Oh, he did, <laughs> but it was nullified because of the offside. Yeah, but it was like the same spot as Marshawn. Yeah, Marshawn or Marshawn? Marshawn. Marshawn. It yeah. was the same spot. Yeah, just blows right by him. Yeah, it's like the hockey's version of a double move on a football <laughs> field. It's happening every single. Yeah, overtime. he likes to take he, he likes to take a few too many risks. Uh, there's oh there's God. there's no question about it. Does it um, bug you? Um, sure it does. You know, it, it sure it does. And um, but you know, until you get Spurgeon back, that's what you're going to have to deal with. And yeah. and uh, I wouldn't count on you know Spurgeon. it's a risk re- risk reward. No, I'm not. You can't. You I'm, can't. You I'm, just you got to hope he gets back. Yeah, and I'm steamy on this. They, boy, oh boy, boy, you use that that those hamstrings are difficult injuries. Yeah. to come back from and and um, but boy, let's hope he does get back. Mick, I'm steamy on this. Yep, I'm steamy in that. I believe from from just sourcing and doing what I do. Yeah. I wouldn't count on him for the first round of the playoffs. No, and that's okay. Wait until you have. Wait, you know, he's not going to be any good to you if he's not one hundred percent. Like three, he needs his wheels. He so needs three his, weeks from now gets us where, like first round, first round, yeah, yeah, at okay. the end, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. So, but on the other side of it, and sadly, I'm sorry. I watched the game in bed, fell asleep. Yep. No, I listen to fan line. You know, I'm your biggest yeah, fan. Yeah, absolutely. I listen to fan line in bed with an ear with an ear an earbud in. Yep. Didn't listen to it last night, so I have none of your takes. I can stick. Excuse me, I didn't hear any of your takes last <laughs> night. Uh, but what were some of your takes off the game? Because personally, my casual hockey viewpoint on things, I'm in. I love how this team's playing right now. Listen, I and I, I said this last night. I said, boy, anybody not being happy with the way the result ended out last night, I think is a little crazy because they lose in a shootout. Okay, the shootout, but. You know what? You're going into a uh, a team that lost three in a row, the Nashville Predators. Yep. It is the honestly one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. Might be the best team in the league without a doubt. Yet, yeah, in a in a, in a, in a, in a in a that's a good. Hey, we can debate that. I love uh, in a very in a very hostile hostile building Biggie in Funk. a team that plays very very hard. We're talking Nashville right yep. now, but we can get to Winnipeg. Got it. Um, and uh, and you know they're they're just a, they're a great team. And for Minnesota not to you know not to die, you know they came back and and earned that tie and and it was a playoff type atmosphere. There was no room last night. Yep. It was like playing in a closet last night, and that's how tight it was. That's what the playoffs are going to be like. And boy, you get you get you bring a team to overtime like that, yep. five on five. I don't know, take my chances. What uh, last one? What do we get tomorrow in Dallas? Uh, a, a weird team, a team that uh, have they given up on their on their coach? Have they given up on you know they they they're, they're playing a backup goaltender tender who's making five million who's terrible? Who? Uh, who's that? Uh, Leighton. Oh, I yeah. let everything in. Yeah. <laughs> Ow, <it's... laughs> um, Ow, <it's>... but <laughs> I know I need work on. No, I'm going to use the pro box in the box. My material. But... Hey, letting everything in. You want to <laughs> shoot for this hundred? So um, and so they're a team that's struggling. They did win last night over Ow, Philadelphia. It's... But um, really? they're a team that is in really trying to find themselves, and um, yep. you know, it, it, Minnesota can really put the hurt on them in their next two back to back. They have back to back with them, so let's take care of them. Appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, you're on the program today at what time? Uh, noon. noon, noon to one with Molesky. Yes, uh, Minnesota fan line. The afternoon version with Molesky. and uh, Micheletti also discussing more on the uh, Gophers head coaching hire. And I hope you like your gift. Uh, my gift. 
of an yes. Alex Daylock bobblehead from Iowa Wild. Iowa Wild. Scarves up, Iowa Wild. Scarves up from Scarves Iron Range to Albert up. Lee. Scarves up from what to what? Uh, I, the Iron Range to Albert Lee. Scarves up, Albert Lee. Scarves up. Scarves up. You're listening to PA. Minnesota Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer Does joins us. listen to this? Seriously? What? Does anybody listen to this? This radio show? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I don't listen to it. On the fan. I can't wait. Wisdom Wednesday. I can't wait until tomorrow. Got some Wisdom Wednesday, Wednesday wisdom for us? I certainly do. I have one to get out of the way quickly. It just popped up three minutes ago on Twitter. All right, perfect. It's um the NHL professor, at NHL professor, with whom I tweet a fair amount, and I know he's either Winnipeg-based or a Winnipeg Jets fan. So whenever there's a hockey-related segment and I tweet out the set list, at NHL Professor is always there. And God bless the individual. Seems like a super nice individual. Comes right at me here. PA, I have to break it to you. If you don't understand how the USHL, NAHL is different from the AHL and ECHL, you are not an elite hockey mind. (laughs) Half the NHL comes from the CHL, and you don't even know what that is. Hashtag not elite. Wisdom Wednesday. NHL professor, here's my wisdom for you. You handle the amateurs, I'll handle the pros. You focus on the CHL, I'll focus on the NHL. And that is my first submission for Wisdom Wednesday. I look at the Wolves. The coach may be grisly, impacting the development of the kids, but none of that matters right now, my young multimillionaire athletes. Him being a jerk to you means nothing when you blow games against awful teams that don't want to win. When you're a special guest at the NBA Lottery Draft Show in New York this summer, no one's going to feel bad for you that the coach never smiles. The fan base will all, all will only remember you lost games to teams like the Grizzlies, the Hawks, the Nets, the Magic. Flopped your way out of the postseason. Wolves haven't sniffed the postseason since so far. So play for you. Play for Taj, play for Belly, play for Teague, play for Jimmy, even if he's a Richard to you. Play for Crunch. Win despite the coach. Win because you're highly touted offensive threats. Be aggressive, mash on the inferior, and pray you don't face the Rockets in round one. Wisdom Wednesday. My tidbit is I'm beginning to believe when it comes to recruiting specifically for college hockey. Yes. And like in this state, after chatting with McTockett, about Golden Gophers recruiting and kids who are 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, whatever, wanting to be a Gopher, wanting to go to the U, University of Minnesota. I'm beginning to think sneaky MVPs in this equation. I mean, coaches, assistant coaches, players, friends, dogs, family members, alums, they all matter. You know who's kind of the sneaky MVP in this equation? Hmm. The people running... The team's Twitter accounts. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. Because it's like, if you're super creative and clever, like the Twitter person for Maryland-Baltimore County and that basketball team, I mean, there was like a Sports Illustrated bit done on him after they beat Virginia. Because he put an L on uh, Seth Davis. You have as much a chance to pull the millennials to your school than seeing Darby Hendrickson on a freaky mural and having to ask who he is. So beef up and bone up on the people you have running your social media accounts if you are looking to recruit high-end millennials 
because sadly, but nevertheless, it matters. Wisdom Wednesday. To the fans, don't be mad at Matt Dumba. Yes, he's been bad in overtime. Yes, he was bailed out by an offside call in Nashville. Yes, he turns the puck over in big spots at various times. It isn't Dumba's fault that Jared Spurgeon is injured. If Jared is healthy, Dumba isn't out there getting put in quicksand by the adversary. The team is playing well. Team is playoff bound. Team will be getting Spurgeon back. Matt Dumba can be great. He can be a great liability. On a Wednesday when it's 50 out and their sun's out and we're about to endure a month of clouds and rain, take a moment to soak in the UV rays and thank God for Eric Stahl. Wisdom, Wisdom Wednesday. Drafting guards is not a bad idea, and I talked myself into this with the uh, Burke on the Beach bit. Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, Fletcher Cox, along with uh, Brandon Graham. And, you know, when Brandon Graham slides inside for the Eagles, <laughs> how do you handle this? Because with Fletcher at defensive tackle, we all know you need four hands on Cox. I always love that one. And then you get Graham inside. He's diminutive, but he's incredibly fast. You know, you look at these defensive tackles, these three techs around the National Football League. Yeah, I understand why Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame is considered the highest-ranked uh, offensive lineman in the draft. He's a guard. The Vikings probably will take a guard at 30. Uh, Pat Elfline, rock star center, need to beef up on these guards to handle all these three techniques because it's increasingly becoming maybe the most important part on a defense, the three-tech. Last one. Wisdom Wednesday. Sometimes you can win when you gamble. Sometimes you can lose when you gamble. Sometimes you can drink beers, get lackadaisical at the blackjack table, and you can lose a lot. Really? Don't get cocky. Monuments have been made on the overconfidence of intoxicated bettors. Someday, when Canterbury opens up, Nordos Memorial Lounge on the third level with a picture of me curled up in the fetal position under a $10 table. (laughs) Just remember what I told you. Sometimes you eat the bear. Sometimes the bear eats you. Be cool. And don't lose all your money. Wisdom Wednesday. Why don't you give me half the money you were going to bet? Then we'll go out back. I'll kick you in the nuts and we'll call it a day. What in the hell was that? You were on fire. I got with the boss to give you a card key to the money room. I'm still up, but I we took uh, we took a serious loss over the weekend at Canterbury. At Canterbury, yes. I mean, excuse me. I'm sorry. It was Saturday night. What uh, were you hanging with people and drinking? That's the problem. Oh my yep. god! Big mistake. I've told you, it needs to be a business transaction. Exactly. You go in there focused to beat somebody and take their money. Yep. You don't wear a freaking lampshade with L's at a casino Precisely. absorbing alcohol. Mm-hmm. Because then you probably will lose. And I did. Damn it. I'm you'll, all good. You'll get them next time. We'll get them next time. Uh, Box in the Box tomorrow. We start the show with Boudreaux. I'm Paul Allen from the Brian Heating and Cooling Studios. Time for the producer to put a wrap on the jump. Thanks to the Paddy Wagon for sponsoring the 9 to Noon Wraps. And stay tuned. I got a Scarves Up related giveaway to get to in just a moment. Scarves Up, Minnesota! The Burke bit in a Floridian paradise where his throne sits. Sun shines and deep thoughts. Unhelmet hits. Sauce with the name game. Sneaking peeks at draft meat. Throws a tantrum and leaves early after breaking his seat. Motsko now dons the maroon and gold, replacing the Don. Can he win and recruit at 57 years old? Opinions needed from elite hockey minds on all this. And no, I'm not talking about Kevin Falness. Gleaming high on the baseball squad. Plenty of L's in the division over which to run roughshod. Nine to noon resemble beach whales more than beach bods. On the couch, sinkhole wolves get the nod. Well, you have a gambling problem. 
Scarves Up giveaway. I got tickets to this weekend's a four-pack of tickets to Minnesota United FC in Atlanta at TCF Bank Stadium Saturday at 7 p.m. First person to call me, 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326, and answer this trivia question. On their home win two weeks ago against Chicago, who scored the game winner in the 66th minute? 651-989-5326, 800-320-5326. Give me the name of that game-winning scorer. I got a four-pack of tickets to Loons in Atlanta, Saturday at TCF, 9 to noon. Vox in the box tomorrow at the X. Be back with us. We love you. If it's good news or money, leave a message. To listen back to a podcast of today's show, visit the Paul Allen channel on the iHeartRadio app or go to KFAN.com.